went to a board game meetup uh, earlier oh, this week. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, okay. using that meetup app again? Yeah, but this one's just kind of like regularly scheduled, so I just kind of know about it. Okay. Down at uh, Sentry Box every Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but friend of the show, Griffon, recently picked up a copy of City of Horror. I know Nathan doesn't know this. John, have you heard of this game? Which game? City, City of Horror. Of Horror. Mm, don't think so. Okay. I'm just used to, like, mentioning anything, and then you usually know it somehow. Board, board games are the ones where you kind of get me, because I don't know board games too well. There's a ton of board games, that's for sure. Um, So this is a zombie-themed game. And oh. what, what's I don't know. I just It made it sound more general horror, so I imagined a city full of, like, all sorts of monsters. There's mummies and werewolves. Well, man oh, okay. is the greatest monster, Nathan. Right, yeah. And as the most you, dangerous as, game. Okay. As you'll, uh, d- as you'll find out when playing City of Horror. Okay. So um, zombies are there. Zombies are there. People are there. So it basically takes place on kind of like a city intersection. Mm-hmm. So there's like a hospital in one corner, a water tower, a gun store, a church, yada yada. So there's a few different kind of areas, and then there's like a main intersection in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and each player has a team of humans, and the team of humans, is, there's more or less depending on the number of players you have. Mm-hmm. So you basically, when you start the game, you're positioning your players kind of randomly around the map, and then <clears throat> the game takes place over four turns, but because of all the different areas inside the game board, you have to resolve each one. So there's like six turns within one turn. Mm-hmm. So there'll be you'll start up with a bunch of zombies are kind of initially everywhere. And then as the turns go on, more zombies get added. Like, as time goes on, more zombies are walking into this area. Okay. And if any... And as you're going through, like, the sub-six turns, like, you're trying to resolve each location, there's a kind of like a zombie meter that it's like, hey, if there's this many zombies on the sidewalk outside this building, they will break in and you have to deal with them. See, like, you were describing this to me earlier, and I, it sort of sounds like Pandemic in a way to me. Like... It's not like Pandemic. Okay, well, just, I don't know, just, like, spreading problems and co-op, sort of. There's but... there's not really any spreading problems here. It's more just adding to it, but they're not, like, transferring around. And, you know, because this one has three, the ones around it are going to get more. Oh, okay. It's kind of more like... Well, I guess, I guess in the term of Pandemic, where e- each turn you add more, kind of like Forbidden Island, each turn more things will sink. Like, it's like a race against time, kind of? Kind of like that. Okay. But what gets really interesting is, like, for example, like, I think the gun store, it's like, if there's three or three plus zombies outside, they'll break in. And then what happens is, basically, anyone can help fight off the zombies. They don't need to have a character in the gun store. Mm-hmm. But it, if you're not in the gun store, it's not really a threat to you. But you can help out the other players, or you can leave them to fight. And okay. then what you need to do is you need to lower the number of zombies to less than, like, the threshold which for the example I'm giving is, you know, three plus. So if you can get it to lower than three zombies, um, you'll be safe. Mm-hmm. If you can't, using, like, your action cards, then the people in the gun store have to vote on who gets eaten. Okay. And so, like, what... who holds off the horde as they escape? Kind of, but the characters don't, like, get it. Like, they don't. you don't move your character. It's more just, like this person was eaten, and I guess that delayed the zombies for until next turn. Oh, okay. You'll have to deal with them again. So there's some harsh democracy business going on. Right. And as the turns go on, there's like a primary player token that gets passed around, and that person breaks ties. 
So you mm. can try and, like, befriend the primary player, but it'll alter each turn. So in case, like, you and another person are having to vote, and obviously you're going to vote for each other, because you don't want to vote for yourself, and then primary says, well, you know what, I don't like you, so you get eaten. Mm. And then you're collecting, like, vials of, like, the antidote, so at the end of turn four, it's basically, okay, people are getting rescued, but you only get to go on the helicopter if you have a vial, which I guess the narrative point to this would be they won't let you on the plane or the helicopter unless you can prove that you're totally clean. So, mm. look, I have a vial. I injected it in my arm right here. There's no way I can turn into a zombie. Please let me on your plane. Okay. And then and then based on how many players you get out and how many uh, vials you have, you get more points and then winner of the game. What's the maximum players on this? I think it's six. Okay. I think it's six. Minimum is three. And I was playing... There was five of us. And okay. games take about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, it gets pretty good with uh, like heated debates of like, man, I really need someone to help me out. And blah, 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 blah. blah. How did you do? Like, did you... I think I lost. I, I pretty much went the worst. Like, did you die real quickly? or I didn't die real quickly, but I got down to like one character left. Okay. I didn't have enough vials to save any of my characters at the end of it, so I had very little points. Hmm. Um, that was mainly because I was trying to just be a jerk, just to like mix things up. So if two people were like, "Hey, I try, gotta try and get out of here," I would like send more zombies over there. Okay. Just to be like, have fun with these guys. Hmm. So I was just making things interesting, and you know, wasn't advantageous for me as from a winning standpoint, but it was a lot more fun. Okay. A lot of zombie games, but zombie this one's games. good, huh? Okay. Yeah, so we'll have to play that next time we get a board game night going. I have a game, too, that I'd like to bring, but I don't know. Right, do you want to talk about it, or do you want to... It's got magnets in it. I Maybe, yeah. It's called Yikers. There's... I was hoping you were going to say Crossfire. Oh, is that another magnet game? Well, like it's that. you know what Crossfire is, right? I don't, I don't but now I'm so much more interested in Crossfire than Nathan's stupid game. What? Why? Because <laughs> John made it sound so much better. Oh. Okay. Because if John's disappointed, like I, now I'm disappointed. <laughs> is you, that oh, how that you works? You only have yikers. Is that is that how that works? This yeah. is just brand new. I got Discovery Hut. But anyway. Okay. All right, Nathan, go ahead. Then I'll describe Crossfire. It's like you got like. But I want to just hear about Crossfire. <laughs> oh. You can't make me wait through Nathan's boring. Like, this is the worst. It's like show and tell, and the whole class is like, boo. Yeah, exactly. Nathan's Your like, hey guys, I got this magnet so game, and then John's like, oh, I bet it's this amazing game. Yeah. And you're like, uh, Actually, I know, no, it's this it's other this... game. And now everyone's like, oh. oh. Yeah, okay, well, sorry, everyone's slumping in their desks now and not really <laughs> feeling it, but... Uh, One kid's like asleep on his arm, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, you got a mouse pad type surface. And How big is it? Uh, it's made up of little triangles, so not that big, like maybe one and a half normal mouse pads. Okay. Um, but it's supposed to be kind of small because, like, the whole thing is magnets being in proximity to each other creates chains or whatever, like they link up. But creates magnetism. Magnetism. Yeah. Um, your goal is to put all your pieces, which are magnets, out on the board. However, if you accidentally uh pull other magnets so they stick to yours, you have to then take those magnets. Um, or if you push something off the board, uh, that's you take the magnet that fell off and your turn is over. So the whole like 
thing is like the magnetic field is constantly kind of changing and like stuff's getting pushed and pulled around and you're trying to kind of set up your like the other player to have like a bad time next turn so like crowd things just close enough to where it's really really hard to put anything else out there that kind of thing like i'd compared it to jenga is kind of right. like it's that level of tension. Jenga. yeah like each turn feel at some point feels kind of like a Jenga thing where you're, you have. This a also piece. feels like third grade science class. I'm gonna make it fun for sure. Yeah, like it, it seems like such a simple thing. Like you're just like you have all these little rocks essentially, and you're just putting them on a thing. But like it got pretty fun, and I I'm kind of curious to see how how much how much it. was this? I was 18 bucks. Okay, so I'm just get a bunch curious, of magnets. Like where did how did you come to this game? Oh, uh, it was post expo. Um, a friend of Brittany's had it. And we were eating pizzas and just playing it. Okay, cool. Okay. And I, I thought it was pretty neat. So yeah, I ended up. I, I guess yeah, it's at Discovery Hut was where I saw it. They had a whole kind of standee of them or whatever. But all yeah. right, now John, I am so excited to hear about your way better game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't heard of Crossfire. It's a fairly old board game, but basically you got like a puck in the center, and both of you have guns that shoot marbles. So you have to keep, like, this giant arena. You have to shoot the puck into the other person's side, but it's all about, like, firing just giant marbles everywhere, bouncing this puck around. Oh, okay. Does this have magnets? Maybe I saw old toy commercials for this, but... I, I think the puck had a magnet in it. That's why I thought that. Oh, okay. okay. But you... yeah, like, it had, like, this crazy theme song that was, like, super 80s. Like, you'll get caught up in the crossfire. <laughs> that seems like something <laughs> I would have seen on, like, Saturday morning or something. It has, like, the most ridiculous commercial where these two kids, like, in the post-apocalyptic future, like, fly in on, like, these giant floating platforms and then just start fighting in crossfire with like this 80s hair punk band singing this song this seems more like not so much board game but more kind of toy like i'm getting like kind of like a labyrinth i guess but like it was marketed as a board game technically and then, but yeah it, and it is more of like a, a weird it's like air hockey air hockey right, which is making me think of i had this i had this like plastic hockey set way back in the day it must have been like about two feet long where it was basically like, you had knobs on the side, similar to foosball, but you were controlling hockey players. Oh, yeah. And you could, like, and yeah, you could move them like a, hockey. They, and they were, like, on these little tracks, but they were really short, so they could move little bits. No, yeah, right? my my dad and his brother were way into that hockey kind of thing, so that was kind of a family thing. I never, I was never good at it, but yeah. That's, and that's, oh, man. Weirdly, versions of that would show up at arcades. Like, you put in a quarter... And a puck will drop in like this. Big I think I have seen arcade one. ones, and they're in like a dome or something. Yeah, right? they're in a dome, yeah. so the puck can't fly off. Right. And yeah, those things were awesome, though. No, oh, no, that for sure. It's just kind of an odd place to see a not video game. Right. But then I grew up and just got an air hockey table, and that's way better. Okay, I I have the crossfire ad here, but I'm gonna save that for after the show. Hot oh, damn. Or should I? Okay, fine. I'll just. It's thirty seconds. Watch yeah, it. Come on, watch seconds. this YouTube video while we record a podcast. Okay. <laughs> just like narrate it. Yeah, there's like hoverboards and lightning. Wow. But I, I actually think, um, in the, over the next few months, if we do another tabletop down perspective, I would really like to do City Horrors, and I think that'd be pretty good. Just because it's a very like conversation piece. Mm-hmm. So... Only, if, only if we do Crossfire as well. If we can find a copy of it. <laughs> yeah, you don't own Crossfire. <laughs> Okay. No, it was that just, just seems ridiculous. Shooting the, marbles that would hurt. There's so much lightning in that. Did you guys commercial. ever play with Crazy Bones? Yes. Uh, Paul and I have talked about Crazy Bones. I think I have a I, container of those somewhere have, in one of my boxes. Like I have a case, and the case for some reason was a coffin shape. Yep. So I have nice. a coffin filled with Crazy Bones. <laughs> that was like post Pogs. 
kind of. Yeah, it was basically the evolution of pogs. They're like it's just hitting stuff again. Right. Or like, or isn't it kind of what's that super old like ball and marbles and like little j- jacks? Oh, that's ball in a cup, and you have to get the ball in the cup. Right. But isn't jacks a thing? Wasn't that a like old thing? Little metal. Chunk? Oh, don't you have to like bounce the ball and then grab the jacks and then right catch and it then or grab and catch the ball again or something? I don't. I never played it. Weird childhood games. But, okay, Crazy Bones, I definitely had friends who had them, but I was never into those. Maybe I My school the had to ban them because too many people were playing for keeps, and then it would upset the losers a lot. Yeah. Kids can't handle real gambling at that age. Hmm. But they can't handle video games. They sure can. More and more, it seems. That depends, really. Uh, what do you mean, like addiction and stuff? Or well, what I mean, I like, mean is top-down perspective. Or I was thinking difficulty, but that too. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Welcome to the top-down perspective. It's May ninth, twenty thirteen. Um, I'm Nathan. Uh, I'm gonna be sort of hosting, but we kind of all talk a bunch. Um, John is here. Yep. And Sean as well. Yes. Welcome. Um, I'm gonna do the selfish thing for the first time in a while. I'm just gonna talk about <gasps> what I've been playing. How, how dare you? I know, I it always seems rude. I don't think it's been that long since you were selfish. Hey, yo! Uh, oh. Ooh. Um, I think John has played this as well this week because he was giving me advice on Twitter. Uh, Candy Box? Yes, oh god, yes. Isn't everyone playing this? I, I, I've beaten it, so I haven't played it for days. So. Okay, what, what's the end of the game? Is it hell or is there more? No, there's like five stages after hell. Oh man, I gave Why up on Why don't we explain what this is? Oh, okay. This was getting linked around on Twitter. Uh, it's a browser-based, like, text RPG, sort of. Like, maybe John can explain it better. Like, what, what do they call that drawing with just characters? ASCII art. Yeah, it's all that. Um, there's, like, a little shopkeeper guy. You're getting lollipops and candies to basically forge stuff and make potions and all sorts of business. But I ended up doing really badly. Pretty much around the dragon, I was having problems. And then after that, I just kind of was like, I don't know. Like, I I don't mind waiting around to, like, level up my sword and stuff, so I would just keep it open in a separate tab. But when it got down to, like, no, you actually have to move up and down and, like, mash on potions and stuff. Like, how'd you get through hell? Pretty much what you just said. Go move up and down and use potions. But invulnerability potions or, like, a faster refresh potion? Uh, Actually, the only potion I used, I used a bunch of major healing potions, and when I got to the very end, like, you have to go through that, flying section three times. Oh, And at man. the end of the third time, I just used uh, the invincibility potion and killed the boss. Okay. The devil. I so I guess, Sean, to explain this to you, because if you're not aware of it, uh, basically when you load up the page for the first time, you see like a little counter that says you have one candy. And then every second it gives you another candy. So there's, two, there's one button that shows up. It says eat the candy. But once you uh, get ten candy, a new button appears that says drop the candy on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep doing that, or if you keep waiting for the candy counter to go up, uh, a little shopkeeper will appear and will offer to sell you a lollipop. And it's just are you, the mo- are you literally just like sitting there waiting. Yeah. Right. I guess that's that's the part of the game that's interesting is like more and more of the game kind of unlocks and reveals itself as you wait, which is kind of weird. Like people are kind of writing essays and stuff about. Well, apparently people don't mind grinding and just waiting around. It's there must be something else that's turning them off or something. And they're like, yeah, because you're just kind of sitting there and like the game kind of reveals what's actually happening. Where I'm at, I guess, is kind of later game. Like, is there many more surprises beyond 
like what I'm doing? Like, do you get other abilities or beyond potion mm, making? Not and... really. Like, I mean, you you probably have the majority of the items, right? Ah, uh, I guess so. Yeah, I've I've been kind of like really focusing on just saving up enough to keep going to the sorceress's hut and leveling up my sword, but that doesn't seem to really get me much more well, advancement. Yeah, that you know? gives you maybe one or two damage per second usually. Yeah, like, it's just do you, like, like uh, do you have two empty inventory slots or more? Because uh, at the I, point you're at right now, you should only have two empty inventory slots. I kind of, I inadvertently, like, I had it open all week, and then I inadvertently shut it down. I, I had saved, though, so I'll take a look. They have, like, a weird save system. I haven't had to do this before. Um, well, yeah, no, you just open up the bookmark that Link they gave you, and it works fine. Oh. You can't Wait, just... Wait, their, sa- their save system is a bookmark, Link? It it's weird the the save system like you press the save button and they're like okay we saved your stats under this username mm-hmm. and it's like Q five blah 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 like a bunch of random characters it's like type this in next time you come here to load or just click this bookmark link and it'll do it for you oh that's interesting where's the bookmark link to go when you what I don't they give you a bookmark link when you beat the game or sorry when you beat the game when you save twice oh. the link just appears on your screen it's, Okay. Anyway, I I don't know how I'm gonna retrieve what I was doing, but okay. So yeah, you beat it. How do you feel about that weird game? It Did was you... fun. Um, by the end, it started getting too grindy, but other than that, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I liked how they just kept kind of adding new and new things. The more you went along, you weren't sure what would unlock what, so it's like you had to keep experimenting. Yeah, I was that kind was, of that was a cool thing. Like I was enthralled with it for like a couple days. Yeah, especially considering how super simplistic it looks and everything. It's like, well, that doesn't really matter for some reason. This is still really compelling in a weird way. Um, and where can I you find this? As good of it, uh, Candybox dot something. Let me, let me. Uh, I'll get you the actual link. Just, just I Google Candybox, I guess. Candies dot dot net. A n i w e y. Yeah, look, if you search for Candybox game, you'll probably find it. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Candy box might be a bit generic. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Yeah, I don't know. That that was occupying kind of. It was kind of just occupying the background of my attention for quite a while. Um, I was really, really focusing on it for maybe like yeah, a day or two, and then it was like, I don't know. I'm bad at this. I'm just gonna wait for more candies. Um, for the rest of it. But yeah, I played a little more. Uh, Robot Unicorn Attack Two. Um, got to the point where I realized. They are kind of throttling how much... Like, you can play it infinite times per day. Like, it's a free-to-play thing. But you run out of, like, special ability points, essentially. So that's where they're kind of like, Hey, just give us some money. Um, which, you know, that kind of wasn't great. Oh, and also, I guess the default song is also by Module. I just wanted to point that out. Um, he's the... Yeah, you pointed that out last time. Shatter guy. Well, like, there was a song I was looking forward to unlocking. That was also by him, but I guess there's more than one track in there. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a runner. Uh, I then I went back and played the first Super Mario Land briefly. Um, I'm not. I haven't beaten that game. I'm not good at it. Did you I finish guess. the second one? The first Super Mario Land? Yeah. Is it? Is that uh. surprising? Because like the second one, like it kind of punishes you if you if you get a game over, you have to just kind of go back and get the coins again, but most of the levels you've completed are still, that's still true. Um, in this one, it's just like Mario 1 style, like, it's just like, well, you made it to World 4, Level 2, and then you ran out of lives, so that's game over. You can earn continues in that game, though. How do you, like, I had one. Score-based. Oh, okay. 
I guess I wasn't racking up those points enough or something. That's kind of weird. But, yeah, I, I didn't even make it as far as I know I used to, because there's an airplane stage, right? Uh, Yeah, that's the final stage. Oh, that's the final stage. Okay, so I've made it to the final stage before as a younger person. Um, so you, you said you got the 4-2, right? Something like that, 4-2, 4-3. Yeah, 4-3 is the airplane stage. Oh, it must have been 4-2 then. That's the last stage? Yeah, no, dude, that game's short. Oh, wow. That's that's why I was surprised. I'm like, yeah. Maybe someone... I will try it again then, because I was just kind of like being kind of reckless, just going, and it's just like, ah, I'm running out of lives, but I don't know. This is still doing okay, but yeah, okay. Maybe, yeah, no, maybe there's, only, there's only 12 stages in that game. Wow. Okay. I'll probably play some more Super Mario Land this week then. Um, I, I guess between that and, like, I also played some Link's Awakening DX, um, and then just looking at Super Mario Land 2, like, they really figured out how to do better and better graphics on the Game Boy as years went on, because, man, Super Mario Land is, like, really simplistic. Uh, Link's Awakening looks, pr- it looks pretty sharp. Like well, I mean, still. keep in mind it was a launch setup, but yeah, no, they, yeah. they definitely improved a lot on that system. Like, is it just they're beefing up those carts or something? Like, there's more... Yeah, adding more space to the carts and, like, figuring out how to save space here and there so they could add better sprites. Okay. But, yeah, I, I played two dungeons, I guess, of Link's Awakening. Um, It seems fine, but, like, it's pretty straightforward so far. It's just, like, it's a Zelda game. I guess, okay, it's straightforward in terms of how it plays. Some of the stuff on the island is just, like, weird cameos from other games. Which is kind of weird to see. It's just Did like, you do the thing where you can uh, steal from the shop and then the guy gets really angry? Uh, before I did, but I've just been buying stuff. Like, okay. What happens when he gets mad at you? Does he chase you down or something? He do, Should we tell him? Or I guess I'll I'll mess with it then. Maybe I'll try to jack him. No, we could tell him. Like it's been it's like him so old. Like well, no, just... the the thing is, it's a big surprise what happens. So okay, it's just like it's a decade ago. But such an he, old game. He, he is playing the game, though. I am actively playing it right now. So Okay, Nathan, we will ask you. Do you want us to tell you or not? No, I'll, 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 I'll okay, go steal something. Okay, I'm going to go steal, steal something. Yeah. Um, Mario cameos. There's tons of those. Like, yep. enemies. And also, Will Wright is in it, sort of. Well, because that was around the time that the... Uh... SimCity? Yep. Yeah. Like, it's and, I mean, like... keep in mind, he also showed up in Smash Brothers, so... As, as a Where? character? Or... As a... Assist trophy. Assist trophy, yeah. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. Which one was he? He was he was Mr. Wright, like the the dude in the purple suit that made the building appear. The oh. green hair. Yeah. I, okay, I just assumed that was a character from something. No, that's that's based on Will Wright. Yeah. Right, wow. And it is. It, it, well, it's a character from the SNES SimCity where he kind of mentors you as to how to be an effective mayor or whatever. But in this, his name is Wright, like W R I T E, and he has some side quest or something, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. I'm I'll probably keep playing it, but I'm kinda maybe a little Zelda fatigued by just the formula stuff, so it's just like go go play a dungeon and then you get a new item and then you can navigate the world in a different way and then you go to the next dungeon and that keeps happening. So Get those yeah. speed boots. Pegasus boots. I have a feather that lets me jump, but I don't have Pegasus Pe- Oh, that's what okay. I know what yeah. Yeah, where no, that those are happen. in the game. Those are in the game. Right, because there, there's like obstacles where it's like you should, you could probably tackle this or something. So I'm assuming that's what that is. You're supposed to run at it. Yeah. Okay. Then you'll break the thing. Anyway, uh, old Zelda games. And then after I played a bit of that last night, I decided to take another crack at this indie game that's sort of making the rounds on Twitter. Uh, people are talking about it, a Starseed Pilgrim. 
Have you heard about this? Isn't Jonathan Blow way into this? First I heard of it. Jonathan Blow was, like, ecstatic about this game. It was just constantly posting updates about his playthrough of it and everything. It just be like, man, design, just new Frontier, this is amazing. This is one of the greatest games. And I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll go look into it. Like, I, I, I bought it just prior to it coming out on Steam, but then they were very good to send me a Steam code once I once that happened. They're just like, hey, you're entitled to this because you bought it. So thanks for That's doing that. Great. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so I started playing my Steam Steam version. Uh, not that there's really much difference. Uh, I played it for an hour, and I still don't really know what is happening, which is, I don't know. Like, that seems to be the thing everyone loves about it, is how it doesn't explain itself, so you kind of have to figure it out. But I don't know whether or not that's, like, good design, or, like, that's just, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you play a game without an instruction booklet or a tutorial. Like, you just don't know what's happening. Is that a good thing or not? Like, you're kind of learning the mechanics of it just by poking at it. But, yeah, on its most basic, it's sort of a 2D platformer, but you're planting different seeds, which create platforms that grow out in kind of different ways, depending on which color they are. Um, So there's, like, a puzzle element, too, because I think it's a predefined order of seeds that you plant. Um, But meanwhile, there's, like, a constant black hole type thing growing beneath you like a darkness is spreading so you kind of have a limited amount of time so there's kind of a race element to it too but i don't know to what end like there's ways to get keys by like planting the seeds so they grow in specific places to trail over to a specific area and then once the darkness gets to you it kind of switches to a black and white um and suddenly all your plants are a trail like a path so then you can kind of go back but i don't know it's a really weird game. I'm not sure I'm enjoying it, but for I think it's yeah, it's just because people keep saying like, "Oh dude, just keep playing. Some amazing happens." That I'm even giving it a try, so I can't really say whether or not it's good yet. I just don't know. So Like maybe it'll just click later or something. That's the thing. Like out. everyone seems to claim there's a moment where everything clicks and you feel really satisfied, like which kind of makes sense to me as to why Jonathan Blow would kind of be into that cuz that's kind of what he was doing with Braid, in a sense. Is like, don't look it up, just figure it out, and then you'll feel rewarded after, you know? Like, it's kind of a design philosophy he's into. But, sure. I, I don't know. As of yet, I I can't say whether or not it's it's really that interesting. It, it seems pretty simple, but in a way that's just not being transparent about what it's doing. So, I don't know. Video games. Um, Yeah, that's that's it, though. So, sorry for hogging the spotlight initially. Um, John is John. Are you here? Yeah. Okay. I heard rattling, and I thought you wandered off to get a snack or something. That wasn't me. That wasn't. Yeah, me. there's stuff going on in the background here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, John, what have you been playing other than Candy Box? Uh, I only played one other game other than Candy Box, and it was Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon. Okay. I watched some of your archived stream. You did? Yes. What did you think? The way you play games infuriates me. <laughs> I know. That's why I love it so much. Why? What? What are you? What are you doing? That's different. Like I was getting a lot of like Vinny the- feeling out of it. Kind of the idea of just like he's got to search for everything. Maybe there's something around this corner. Yeah. And there never is. Like he he's like there could be like a box over here. I gotta check it out. And it's just like just go to the checkpoint. Just keep going. Just. But yeah. there could be a videotape or something, right? Isn't that the right. part of the and game? Right. And I guess because I've gone through it, I just know like there's nothing in that room. All oh, the collectibles okay. are outside. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize till the end of the stream that if you're near a collectible, it, event- it just shows up on your map. Right. Or 
because I just watched like the first half of it. Yeah. There's um these alerts, like a uh, like a sound icon that shows up on the map. I was wondering what that was. Those show up when the the enemy knows you're there to call in more reinforcements, and you want to break them so that they won't call in reinforcements. Okay, that explains so what it. happened with John is he noticed, oh, hey, there's an icon there. I bet it's a collectible. And then he spends like 10 minutes looking for it, but he killed everybody, so it went away. Because there's no point in calling anyone because everyone's dead. Oh. And he's just like searching for this collectible, and he's getting really confused. And I was like, why didn't you just read the text? It was there like 10 minutes ago. Okay. So, totally different play styles. But did you end up beating it? I heard it's not the longest. No, 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 no. I only got... I only beat the first story mission of the game. Okay. Like, af- after that part that he's talking about, I just kind of started fucking around in the world and just traveling around looking for stuff and... Like, clearing out... I basically started hunting animals, like, like in the most asshole way possible. Like, I found a bunch of, of boars and then threw a grenade at them. Okay. Yeah, so that... Or a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, and then I ran over a shark with a jet ski. <laughs> That's after when I stopped. I tried to run it. O- I tried to run it over with a jeep first, but the jeep didn't go far enough, so I went and got a jet ski and did it. Okay. So how do you like this game? I love it. It's great. I am so excited to keep playing it. It's really good. Eh? I I'm torn about the fact like, do I want to keep streaming it or do I want to just finish it on my own? Hmm. But you you were right. This was like a game literally made for me. Yeah, I figured you would like it quite a bit. Like from think- from from like be- not being in it yet, I haven't really played it. Like just looking from the outside, is it kind of doing a Bullet Storm or Duke Nukem thing? in a way, because it, like, I mean, it's supposed to be ironically parodying stuff like that, but isn't it just kind of a version of that? Like, we're just like... Some of the jokes are definitely like, hey, look, a tutorial sequence, those suck, right? Yeah, um, no, some of the jokes fall lo- flat, but, there's but some a lot of them of really hit pretty good, hard. like, 80s jokes, and, uh, just, there was a lot of, like, one-liners I really But, liked. like, Duke Nukem like, would be, like, quoting Ash, like, all the time, and, like, or they live and stuff like that. Well, let's let's put it this way: like, there's a point where he has a, he kills two people in like this predetermined scene, and he's when he kills the first guy, he says "schools out for summer." Okay. And then when he kills the second guy, he says "schools out forever." There you so go. He just, he just starts singing a lot of '80s songs. Uh, the flavor text in the game is amazing. Like, I I kept pausing. During That's the last actually thing. yeah something I hadn't come across because I I didn't spend my time in the menus. You um, mean like the item descriptions too. and stuff? And... Yeah. Yeah. No, the weapon descriptions are friggin' hilarious. Every okay. description is pretty funny. I I got a good laugh out of the bow one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bow. Like, what else would it be? Yeah. Even in like it's got neon on it. That's how you know it's a future bow. Okay. I just know in even Far Cry Three, people were pretty impressed with those. Like, they kept posting item descriptions to Reddit for quite some time after that game came out. So. In Far Cry Three. Yeah. Like just like. Oh, this is so crazy. Like, who's describing this? And, yeah. So, huh. I guess that's maybe the same guy who worked on the DLC. Well, I guess well, I'll, I'll, I'll stay. Like, I never played Far Cry 3 besides the demo at E3, so. Right. So this has, like, all that hunting and whatever open world business. So is that stuff appealing? You're enjoying that? Seems okay. Like, I said I haven't gotten too far into it. Just, like, piecing things together on a live stream when talking to people. So it's like, I'm not, my concentration's kind of split. Right, right. Okay. It's like, do I play the game seriously, or do I just fly around and be an idiot? Oh, which platform it, it, were you doing this? 360. Oh, okay. It, it pretty much devolved into me just being an idiot. Like, I drove, like, a car off a waterfall. <laughs> okay. Uh, I drove another car into a ravine to avoid being shot at. Here's a good tip for fighting. I didn't. I, it took me, like, halfway to figure it out. So they mention, and you missed this again. 
Yep. Um, they mentioned that if you drop on an enemy, you'll knife them. No, I noticed, I noticed that in the tips. I even so did it. So you can literally just jump at an enemy and he'll knife them. I uh, I did it actually in near the end of the stream. Oh okay okay I wasn't. But I didn't I didn't realize like oh that that's cool I guess I can do that and because I thought didn't. it had to be a drop every time but no you just have to kind of go near a guy and jump and the game will fig- will say oh you're higher and falling kill this guy. Okay yeah because I saw like prompts when I was jumping near people and then I saw the stab I'm like oh okay cool. No you don't even have to click anything literally just jump near a guy, and he'll just kill him. Oh okay. Yeah, no, around the time I started taking out the second base, that that's when that happened. And uh, I think the sniper shot the alarm for me. Like, the sniper that was trying to kill me shot the alarm. Oh, okay. Which was really weird. There's usually two alarms, so... No, they didn't think to go for the second one, I'll tell you that. Yeah. At least during the one run I succeeded. Well, that game's pretty funny. I like it quite a bit. It's very neon. Yeah, there's a lot of neon, that's for sure. <laughs> That's it then? That's assault, assault video games? That's all I played this week. Okay. Um, Sean? Alright, I've been finishing up games this week. Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. All done. All done. Nice. Every single... Not every single, because that, near like the last mission, like six side quests open up, and I was like, I don't... I just want to finish this finally. Okay. Um, so that's done. Uh... And uh, DMC played the rest of that game this week, finishing that up. How much was left, do you figure? Where was I at last time I talked about it? Wasn't I only on, like, mission two? I think Yeah, you weren't too early. far in the game. Yeah, yeah, so there's, like, 20 missions. Oh, okay. So you so played the majority of that. Played all that game, yeah. Um, that boss that John just did is a pretty fun boss. Mm-hmm. That's the... Uh, that's the Futurama Slurm one, right? Yes. Yeah. That That is good comparison. Well, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, so Futurama, okay. Is this the energy um, drink mystery? Yeah, it's exactly what that is. And it's really just a giant monster secreting stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, spoilers, it's only like a quarter of the way through, but yeah, it is, if you've seen the Slurm episode of Futurama, that's that mission. Weird, okay. But huh. I love how Dante talks to bosses. Specifically that one, like, he just comes up and he's like, hey, fuck you! And then the boss is like, fuck you! And then Dante's like, fuck you! And then they start fighting. <laughs> and he does that pretty often, is he'll, it's, yeah, so, I like that character. Um, what was the mission everyone was talking about that they liked? Was it the, the Raptor, Raptor News, News one, or was it the Nightclub yeah, one? the Raptor one. The Raptor News boss fight is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do some cool camera stuff. There was another mission I liked quite a bit, which you go to this nightclub, and then it turns into this weird, like, Tron demon nightclub, and the music's pretty crazy. Okay. I, um, there's a rhythm element to that, too, or something? No. No? I. Okay. I think uh, I thought uh, Patrick Klebik was kind of describing it as, like, it's sort of a QTE, but it, you don't really notice because you're just kind of supposed to hit specific attacks, and it's sort well, of... Well, there's stuff of... like... On some floors, you you have to be in, like, angel mode or have a demon weapon out. Okay. And those will kind of, like, pulsate around. So if, if you see, like, the blue floor coming towards you, switch over to a, a an angel weapon. So maybe he's talking about that, but it's I not, think like, so. I maybe that's okay. what he meant. Like, where it's, maybe. like, environmental cues rather than explicit button cues, you know? I guess. I, I wouldn't say that's, like, a quick time event, though. Okay. Yeah. But, anyways, I liked that mission, too. That was pretty cool. 
that boss is pretty disgusting. I will say that. The nightclub one? The nightclub boss, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't want to even... I'm just trying to think like how to describe it. I don't want it because it's such a weird thing. It's, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, okay. it's super gross. Um, And then I found out yesterday that Crash Course got a sequel. What? Yeah, so Doritos Crash Course 2. Are you saying what as in he just found out about it or that there is a sequel? Sorry. I'm saying what that there's a sequel. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I guess a free it's... sequel. I, I feel like why. I would have talked. I feel like I would have told you guys if there, if I knew there was a sequel. Right. I, I guess. I, I just, I think I knew this was going to happen, but I, I'm sorry, I didn't share this information. But if okay. we, if we had, that would have been in the news section if I had learned about that. Okay. Okay. So I did not. I was shocked yesterday when I came across that. Maybe it's just uh, this one has 400 achievement points now, and it's a, an always online game. So for a few hours yesterday, I couldn't access it because the servers were like messed up. Oh, okay. So that's weird. And it's a free-to-play game with microtransactions. Wait, what? Yeah. So it was free last time, but it was mainly just like Doritos is on the name of it, and that's it for Doritos. Now it's Doritos on the name of it, and why don't you guys buy a chicken hat? Okay, so like some cosmetic goofy stuff? Or... Like, it does the whole, you have two different currencies, which, man, I hate that that's, like, a standard now. Right, well, like, I mean, like, Gunbound and a bunch of other Korean MMO-type games did that, too, well, so... Well, tons of stuff, like, almost every, like, iPhone game has two currencies and whatnot. It's just, uh, I you know, it is free, so I guess I can't complain too much, but... That's a weird It's trend. just weird that two, two currencies is, like, this norm now. Anyway, so you unlock stars by um, doing... Sp- like collecting stars, like it. I will say, from a crash course to a crash course two, it's it's uh, quite an improvement. Okay. It looks like, better. The levels are better. Uh, it handles better. There's the levels are way more interesting because they'll have different paths and stuff you can unlock now. And there's stars to collect while you're running through the levels. Mm-hmm. And there's like different objectives, like try and beat this level without ever hanging on the ledge of something. Okay. So it's a way better game. So it's still like manic, obstacle course kind of thing. Yeah, you know, but... wipeout, but crazy wipeout. Right, right. Um, and you play as your avatar again, but so you 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 need to buy each next stage with the stars you unlock. So I basically played until I didn't have enough stars, and they were like, "Would you like to buy some stars?" Or they were like, "Why don't you go back and play a bunch of those levels again?" And I was like, "I'm I've had my fill, but thanks." Oh, so it does kind of rely on the grind, so you can complete it or pay us. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Um, How many achievements did you end up getting? I think it got around, I want to say around, somewhere around 160. Okay. Um, And the other ones do seem easy enough. I just kind of don't care enough about it. Mm. Uh, Online multiplayer is there. I can't remember. The first one had that as well. Uh, And this one also has, on the single player, they'll have like uh, AI running along as well. So you're kind of competing with with the computer while running as, as opposed to just time trial. Yeah. Um and then there's like powers you can use which I haven't really looked into that and you can buy those again if you want. But there's like wall runs and stuff. So like it like they improved on the crash course formula and then microtransactions are just annoying. Hmm. But free game. So if you want some achievement points. What was the Dash of the Destruction was still 
maybe my favorite of those. Well, just because you could play it for the least amount of time, and it had a unique, stupid thing going on. But What was yeah. the other one? Uh, oh, right. Harm's Way. Yeah, that's the racing one. That's the racing one where you either play a car or the turrets. Right. Yeah, I played that for whatever amount of time it took to get, hook like, up two all. controllers and get the all the achievements. So, yeah. And then I deleted it. Yeah, that one barely registered. But, okay. Weird advert games. They still exist. Yeah. But they're getting more insidious, maybe, because this one actually wants you to pay money. Right. And you don't get chips. But it is a better game. It is? Okay. So they they put their time. Do you know who so, made it? Does it sorry? Really, do you know who developed it? Like, does it say? I, it, behavior. Like, Team Dorito? Okay. Which, I, I didn't look up what they've done. Presumably, maybe the previous Crash Course? I, I don't know. But, I'm a, yeah, yeah I'm wasn't it something that. like the original reason that first Crash Course was made was because of some gaming competition? Same Maybe. with that racing game. That sounds like a feasible thing. Like it's just like, hey, this came out across our desk at a like sort of post a game jam or oh, something. Oh, like these or? were like the two best things or something. It was like, some competition. Hang on, I'm looking it up. Like it's like a I'm looking up behavior right now. Dorito's Crash Course originally conceived as Avatar Crash Course as a 215 side scrolling platforming advertisement game. Okay. So Avatar Crash Course. It was released they on December made, 8th. Um they made Naughty Bear Panic in Paradise. Whoa. Which was the Xbox Live Marketplace Naughty Bear game. Okay. Um looks like they've done the wipeout games. That as perfect. well as Voltron, Ice Age, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and Transformers Dark of the Moon. They've made a lot of games actually. Wow, okay. Whatever Monkey Quest is. Sorry, John, what were you saying about December? Like It was released on December 8th, 2010 for free as one of the finalists of the Dorito-sponsored Unlock Xbox competition for 2010 alongside Harm's Way. Unlock Xbox. There you go. Dorito-sponsored okay. event. Mm-hmm. So, they have they actually... like I'm just going through Giant Bomb here, and they, they have a lot in their credits that I don't... Clearly, they weren't lead developers on. Right. But they did right. something for Dante's Inferno. Wet. Maybe for Dante's yes. Inferno, they did the PSP one. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it says. It says on Wiki they did the PSP version of Dante's Inferno. Perfect. Supporting it, kind of, because that largely even game? still the same game. Seen it. Okay. The third one. So, story developer, long legacy on these guys, actually. So check it out. It's free. That's Xbox exclusive? Or... I guess I Avatars. Imagine. Yeah, Avatars. They also made Crash Course Go, which was a PC version of the first one. Hmm. So I should look into that and see if there's achievements. Just, it seems like an advertising thing could spread out into more places, but I guess if it Windows has Xbox... Yeah, apparently these guys, these guys really do a lot of movie tie-in games. Hmm. Ice Age... I haven't watched any of those. Rango the, the video one. game. All right. All right, let's move on to a pile of news. We got quite a bit. Um, I guess, yeah, the, I don't know when this happened in the week necessarily, but the big story that like a lot of people were talking this about. This was pretty I, early. This was, like yeah. the, this was like the first half of the week's big news. Right. Well, I mean, there's all this Star Wars business going on lately anyway. Like, May the 4th happened, which, decry it or not, it's a thing people talk about sometimes. Uh, then there was also the Steam sale on a bunch of Star Wars games, which resulted in me buying Republic Commando. 
And then, weirdly, as part, like, just after that, uh, EA announced that they have some manner of exclusive deal for Star Wars games, but that's for core games, which I guess means consoles and PC and stuff, whereas Facebook and mobile will still be open for other things to happen, like Disney, right? I think Disney's already been, like, running a couple of those, or, like, whatever remains of that LucasArts division. Or to keep that lucrative Angry Birds Star Wars crossover going, because that thing is huge. Which is kind of crazy. There's toys and everything. Well, I mean, there's toys. There's a cartoon for Angry Birds coming out, or a movie. There's a board game. Yeah, there's candy. There is a board game. Boxer shorts. Boxer shorts. It's everywhere. So, hey. Um, But okay, so yeah, EA announced that. A lot of people were getting kind of upset about things, because EA is not really popular for some reason. Well, I mean, for reasons. That makes sense. You know, the whole SimCity thing, and Origin. Um, I guess pe- most pessimistic people were presuming maybe those games won't be on Steam much longer, but that seems to be jumping the gun. That's presumptuous. Um, I, I don't know. Origin stuff, people are not not happy about that. Are you guys worried about this or happy? EA getting in there? Not really worried Wars? about quality or anything like that. What I don't okay. like is how like almost all EA games seem to be on just Origin now. Yeah. And I'm kind of just getting tired of, like, publisher-exclusive clients, mm-hmm. whereas I really like just, hey, everything is on Steam, Steam is the next platform. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that might be just complete hypothesis, you know, like, there's no necessary... I mean, I guess there's precedent with the Old Republic, and they have that working relationship and everything, so that could... And isn't, like, happen, Mass Effect but... 3, like, only on EA I guess so, yeah. as well? Yeah. Um the the back catalog stuff will probably be safe though, but going forward that that may no longer they may they might not show up there. And I don't know um, Ubisoft has their own client. Yeah. I guess a, a, some of their big developers are apparently already working on some Star Wars themed stuff like Dice uh Visceral was it? Was that also? I think I heard about Visceral, yeah. Right. And I think there was one more uh it's not Visceral no, being Pen- the Dead Space people, which that's a fit. Right. I forget sense. who the third team was. Oh, Bioware obviously was also. Oh, they're getting yeah, talked they're continuing to their stuff. Right with like Kotor stuff, maybe like follow-ups on that, or maybe they just mean supporting the Old Republic for expansions and stuff. Like who knows? Yeah, I'm assuming it's so. Kind of vague. I, I don't know. Like as a result of this happening, like there was some footage released of a supposed Battlefront game that was being worked on. People love Battlefront. It turns out, like the internet has been letting me know this more and more over the past few weeks. Like there is a die-hard contingent that still loves Battlefront 2 and considers it one of the best multiplayer games. I, I never played it. Did you guys play the Battlefront games? I think uh, I played the second one when it came in like one of those demo discs from like PlayStation Magazine. I played the second okay. one with some friends once. It was pretty fun. But it's it's ba- Battlefield, sort of, right? Yeah, like like you can themes. take like, tanks, AT-ATs, and stuff like that. Yeah, Speeders. yeah. Um, th- this footage I was looking at was kind of a first-person thing. People were kind of criticizing it for looking too much like Call of Duty or Battlefield or something, but at the same time, it, it looked kind of neat. I like some speeder bikes. Those were in there. But uh, I guess that's p- potentially been canceled or whatever that was. And then, you know, Star Wars 1313, what's going to happen with that? All that going on. Um, new movies coming out as well. I don't know if this is going to directly tie into those. Apparently not. I'm sure. I'm sure at some point there will be a tie-in because they they always have to make a movie tie-in game. Right. I I don't know. Big companies making deals, inking stuff. 
Um, also, kind of posed the question, like, when was the last Star Wars game you got really excited about? Oh, uh, Star Wars Connect, come on. Force Unleashed. Oh. Force Unleashed, that, that was like five years ago? Six years ago? Probably. Then I got yeah. a game for you, Force Unleashed 2. I heard it yeah. was garbage. <laughs> like, more rankers in it or something. Um, Force Lightning. And I guess, yeah, I did buy Republic Commando as part of that Steam sale. I've heard really good things about that. That was a squad-based first-person shooter clone. Side note on Steam sales. Yeah. I just bought Burnout Paradise for the PC. Oh, me too. The ultimate (laughs) box. I now own every version of Burnout Paradise. How cheap was it this time? It's $5. Oh, my God. It's been $5 before, but I was like, $5 for the ultimate box, and now I have a PC that can run it. You get that island as well. Yeah, you get every stuff. car. You get DJ Atomica. Mm-hmm. There are billboards to drive DJ through. DJ Atomica comes to your house. <laughs> and talks yep, into no. your ear while you play. By the time you guys hear this, there might be like a few hours left on this deal. Yeah, I don't know how so long the deal maybe is. Maybe that's but... a PSA of sorts. But anyway, let's let's move on from the Star Wars thing. I, I don't have much more, like any any idle thoughts on that. I'm just kind of like, oh no! EA's messing with stuff. Yeah, I think I think the point of when was the last time you were excited about Star Wars kind of is like exactly I don't care about these games. Right. So maybe I Star Wars games will be made. Star Wars. So yeah, I don't, I'm trying. Like, I mean, I'll see that new movie, whatever it is. But I'll see it because to... like this is like it'll be an event. Yeah. But it's not like I'm like they're bringing back Star Wars. They're gonna save Star Wars. Yeah. Han Solo is gonna be in it. They got the cast. The original cast is going to be in it. And they're all very old. They're all so old. But it'll add history to those... I don't know. Um, Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so this this one maybe requires some context. Alright, so there's this guy named Patrice uh, Desilet. I'm going to say his very last good. name. Very good. I'm just going to call him Patrice, though. He's, he's my <laughs> buddy Patrice. Um, he, he apparently was... Creative designer, or some like lead dude on yeah, lead the designer first two. first two Assassin's Creed games. First two Assassin's Creed games. He left Ubisoft a few years ago to go to THQ yeah. Montreal. And um, as we know, THQ recently did not do so hot. Um, he was he had a few games in development though. What's the one? Sixteen sixty. Sixteen sixty six was the current one he was working on. Right. So which some sort when of THQ thing. dissolved, Ubisoft picked up his team and that game. And including him, and then right. I guess he butted heads with some Ubisoft people, and like Ubisoft's take on it was, yeah, we just, you know, he decided to go because he couldn't, he wasn't really lining up with our ideas and whatever. But his story is, no, dude, they like fired me and escorted me out with security guards. And yeah, like his statement off. is, no, they like came and got me and we left. I wasn't allowed to get my stuff. Yeah. And he's apparently going to pursue legal action to some extent. Like, he's saying, like, I want my team, I want my game. Like, yeah. this is not cool. Uh, I, I guess I probably should read the exact quote instead of just, you know, paraphrasing. But point is, dude's not happy with that whole situation there. I can um, see why. Yep. <sighs> this was not my decision. Ubisoft's actions are baseless and without merit. I intend to fight Ubisoft vigorously for my rights, for my team, and for my game. So... That, that sound good, um, but yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. Was it the annualization of Assassin's Creed? He was kind of initially. Not That's into, probably or... why he left. Yeah, but like he, he got brought back after the THQ meltdown. Yeah, 
So that's that's that story there. Oh, okay. There was an update there, but that is the firing thing. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I'm kind of into that pirate theme they're pitching around for this new one, but it's not. Sas before you're back. Maybe. On. Like I, I I like pirates a lot. So you only kind play of, even numbered Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, two, and then it's like, well, wait, this is technically five, isn't it? Or what is this one? Black flag, black flag is six. Six. Six, okay. Not including so the I, handheld ones. Right, because yeah. Revelations was four. I didn't play that one. Three was five, and this is six. Okay. I, I'm not sure. But the point is, this guy's off doing something else. Um, or or not, he's going to court and fighting. Well, he was okay. working on 1666, whatever that was supposed to be for THQ. Yeah which could be sort of somewhat, some, I don't know, period piece of some kind. Um, What is The Wolf Among Us? What is this? The Wolf Among Us is Telltale's next game based on the comic Fables. Oh, I just thought it was called Fables. Nope, game. it's called The Wolf Among Us. Oh, okay, this explains. Like, uh, what so they did they announce a new product? Fine, like, first screens and stuff of that. Looks really okay. similar to Walking Dead in terms of art style. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, I'm looking at this now. Yes, it does takes place before the Fables comic, where you play as, uh... Because the Fables is about, um, like, fairy tales and stuff. Disney fairy tales kind of being in the real world. Yeah. So you're kind of playing... And it's not just Disney fairy tales, because you are playing basically the man who is the representation of the big bad wolf. But you're, like, a detective. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, just that's, that's... It's coming. Yeah, are you, like, intrigued by this, specifically, just because you were, like, I mean, Walking Dead was your game of the year last year and stuff? I am, yeah, and I've started reading the comics. Oh, okay. Get ready, so. I'm not sure who within Telltale is working on this. Like, is it the same dudes that are working on Walking Dead Season 2? I do not know. Okay. Um, Anyway, that's that's coming up. Uh, Do you know when that comes out, the first episode? They haven't mentioned it. Is it episodic, though? It's still following their... I think they've said it'll be episodic again. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I'd assume okay. it would. Maybe we're too early on some of those details. Um, Okay, this next story I, I, I did see kind of... This is the, this is like the second half of the week's big news. Right. I, I added another story that kind of curtails off of some of the same themes. But okay, so Kickstarter has obviously just been a big thing that's been conversed about endlessly in relation to video games and all sorts of creative projects since... Uh, well, for me, since Double Fine kind of broke big with it. That seemed to be That's for most of, people. Yeah, when the spotlight really kind of went there. But, um, okay. Penny Arcade actually did a Kickstarter before that was supposed to remove ads from their site. Was yep. the last one? Yep. Um, yep. This new one is raising a bunch of controversy um, for, for various reasons. Uh, I guess they did a podcast called DLC, Downloadable Content, some years ago. That was quite well regarded. Um... They are doing a Kickstarter... They've successfully, I guess, done a Kickstarter to raise funding to restart that podcast. Their goal was only $10, which seems to be one of the big points that people keep kind of looking at is, like, this is a weird abuse of Kickstarter. Like, this is not in the correct spirit of what this is. Um, And, yeah, as, as Sean says here, like, the criticism of, like, a bunch of rich people asking for money that they don't actually need to do a thing seems to be kind of one of the criticisms leveled at this. Um, cause yeah, like their, their lowest, some of their lower tier goals were like, hey, if you contribute $10, you know, you're part of this group. And it's like, well, why didn't you set the, 
the thing higher. Like, obviously, you don't actually need this money, seems to be what that kind of seems to say to people. Their FAQ, I think, kind of said, actually, we just set the goal really low because we kind of knew our fans would clear any goal we set, so it didn't really matter. Like, that wasn't really what they were paying attention to. They were more interested in setting the stretch goals and stuff. But it does kind of send a weird message when the bar is so low right out of the gate. You're just like, what is this? Why is this? Why 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 is this a thing? I don't know. Did this bother you guys or what? Do you, there's, what do you there's I didn't I didn't know the details, and I've been I've been hearing people talk about both. The vocal side mm-hmm. is people like you mentioned are just kind of going. Podcasts are easy to make. Why are they needing money for this? Like those guys yeah. are millionaires. Like why don't they just I get make some microphones? Podcast? Like come on. Um, yeah. and then the other thing is people saying, "Hey, they're making content." they would like to be getting paid for making content. Mm-hmm. Which, I think I'm closer to that side, like, that that is going to take out time from their day. Penny Arcade does a ton of different stuff. Most of it is for free, right? Like, right now they have their strip search thing going on. They put out Penny Arcade TV. They have the comic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Child's Play. So they do a lot of stuff. A lot of it for free. And so this is I guess I'm kind of more on their side of it being, you know, we want to make more content, but we kind of need kind of incentive to actually put the time in to do that. So the incentive is, you know, pay us for our work. Yeah, uh, the their model for releasing this podcast is a little atypical too. Like, uh, it'll be backer exclusive for two weeks, and then it's pay what you want for the episode when it comes out two weeks later, which I guess means you could get it for free, right? I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, no, right. this is news to me, too. Yeah, no, there's, like, some weird nuance to this. Like, I, I mean, heard they were doing, like, a, in a basically, like, in seasons. Yeah, they're doing seasons of podcasts. This first batch is 20 episodes. Um, right. And some of the backer rewards are kind of weird to me. Like, I, I felt this way about the previous uh, Penny Arcade, like, Kickstarter thing, too. Like, some of the rewards aren't really merchandise it's more just like hey uh if you give us like a hundred bucks uh or or i forget what the actual tier was i think it was actually way higher than that it's like we'll play an xbox arcade with game with you over xbox live you're just like well that's not really a material thing it's more just like we'll pretend to be friends with you if you give us a thousand dollars right and there's also like um 55 bucks and you'll get a usb key yeah and they they're just added a stretch goal where they'll throw some uh q a's from previous packs on there um. Okay. I I don't know. Like it just seems some of the reward tier stuff is just like that's not that hard to do. I think in the last one it was like we'll follow you on Twitter was one of them on the previous. Right. One. That is like, one. Yeah. That's kind of not a prize. Like that's that's kind of a weird. I don't know. That that kind of bothered me. But sorry, what were you gonna say, John? Uh, I thought the Pax Q and A's were new ones, not old ones. But no, I think you're right. I had to double check it. Yeah, I'm just looking at their list. It says oh, yeah, Pax Q&As with Mike and Jerry, except those from 06 and 08. Oh, except those. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they just like, weren't good quality or something. Or... It's like, I was at Pax 08. Oh, wait, never mind. I won't be able to see that. Um, I, Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, this notion of, like, podcasts being a weirdly, you know, like, you're just doing it for free, producing hours of, like, radio kind of content, and, no, you know, like... I remember Giant Bomb kind of started looking into monetizing their podcast, if you remember, like, before they did the subscribers thing. Do you remember this? I don't remember what the, what they did. I remember GameSpot doing it. It was a sort of similar 
notion. It was like, well, for subscribers, they get the podcast day one. Um, oh, for when they were first else. announcing this subscription stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, actually, well, people are pretty upset about this. How about this? If we hit this number of subscribers, we will make free for everybody. And they, they hit that number or whatever, so they've, they've been good. And they even mentioned they were going to, like, break the podcast in half. Yeah, kind of segment it in weird I ways. think they've even come out and said, like, okay, you, you guys were right, that was a stupid idea. Right, but this, or like Ricky Gervais had really successful podcasts and then basically started selling them as audiobooks instead of releasing it as a podcast. Like, there's been people that have been trying to monetize their podcasting abilities for quite a while, but I don't know. And I guess they're, like, part of their rationale is we need a professional audio guy to, like, edit this for us and stuff. Um, But the actual podcasts are only going to be between 20 and 60 minutes. Which, again, I guess there's highly curated, edited podcasts is a thing people do. We don't do that. Right, and yeah, they've mentioned that, but a lot of people, and rightfully so, are saying you don't need anywhere near the money you are, have currently raised and are raising for an audio guy. Right. It's kind of weird, though, because part of, part of this Kickstarter thing is like, well, technically they only asked for $10, so it's your fault that you gave them this much money. you know. But then they have the the stretch goals and stuff like they obviously knew they were going to get this but i i i know it's tangential but like the zach braff one was recently too and that one definitely raised like hits spread some waves of just being like he's a millionaire why is he asking for money like this doesn't make any sense but it still made its goal and everything um just that idea of like trans like translating your fans and your cultural capital into money like actual capital you know, like, you have a reputation, so you can cash in on it. That's kind of a way Kickstarter can be used. Whether or not that's the spirit of it kind of is okay. up to the Okay, backers. so I have a question for both of you. Where do you guys stand on this, then? I, I didn't feel the need to back this one, because I've never listened to this podcast, so I don't really know. What? Where... But, like, do you feel like they should have just given it out, uh, like, for free, or, like, and not done a Kickstarter, or, like, where, like, where do you, which I'm, side of the argument are you on? I'm not really offended by it. Like, I, initially I was really annoyed with the Zach Braff one, too, because I was like, I'm, but then I was just like, well, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I don't, I'm angry because I'm not a fan of Zach Braff. Like, I don't care. So, whatever. Sorry to make it too much about that. Point is, like, I've funded things just because I'm a big fan of them. So it's just like, well, I like Double Fine a lot, so I'm going to give them some money. But you could raise many of the same objections to that. Like, you know, who knows if it'll even be good? Like, what, is this really worth as much as they're saying or whatever? Like, all this stuff. Like, yeah, no, this is a totally fine use of Kickstarter in my mind. But I just, this particular pitch does not make me want to spend money on it. But that's that's not, that's beside the point, you know, that doesn't matter. John? Honestly, like, I didn't know much about the Penny Arcade thing to begin with, and I kind of don't care. Well, just, care. Like, like, removed from Penny Arcade, like, like, just kind of the idea of, like, I guess just asking mo- for money from, you from know, fans. millionaires asking for money to make a podcast kind of thing. I don't know, it, it's kind of weird. I can, In some ways I can see why they say it, and in some ways I can see why they wouldn't. It, it's weird, because in the case of, like, Penny Arcade... They're obviously doing it because they want, A, to prove that there's people who want them to do this, mm-hmm. and B, to give them a start monetarily so they can hire someone to edit the podcast and everything. So it's like, okay, you you guys clearly want this, and if it's going to perform as well... Like, in in Penny Arcade's case, it's also a way of them gauging interest. It's like, okay, we know this many people will definitely listen, so then it's worth paying for this person. In the case of, like, Zach Braff doing the movie, I mean, 
I think he even said in the description of the Kickstarter, like, he wouldn't have enough to find to do it the way he wants. Yeah, like, his is to get away from the studio system and stuff, but, like, yeah, there's there's tons of nuance to that whole story. I'm sorry I brought it up, it's kind of a weird example, but, like, you know, he knows Hollywood people, and, like, the guy from Big Bang Theory was in his teaser for it, so it's like, this is already, obviously, a pretty high-profile thing. Like, that show's not unpopular. Like, whatever. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. Like, is it taking advantage of people's kindness and their enthusiasm? Or is that fine? Like, is, like I don't, I don't think it really is. Not really if the product comes out. Yeah. Like, he, like it's, not the, it's not him saying, hey, give me money. It's like, hey, give me money and I will make this specific thing with it. Right. Right. Like, that's that's kind of where, why I'm, like, so so okay with it is they, they're making content for you guys. They just, they're, they have, they have a price on the content. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's people saying like you guys have money why aren't you just doing this for free it kind of just sounds like why aren't you giving away free stuff because you've already made money and i like it, and i just i don't feel like once you've made money it's now your like right like you now need to give away free stuff maybe it's just kind of like the attitude towards it it's like that they would only do this if they could pay for it you know like i don't know like it it seems like a bad attitude into going into a creative endeavor maybe is the argument. You know? Well, it's more like is it worth putting the resources into it? That's what I'm saying. Is it worth their time? Right. Like because yeah, they like, could they, be they, doing other stuff. They could be, you know, working on different pro- products and Yeah, exactly. They have to take away from something else they're already working on. But that kind of shows that they wouldn't want to do this otherwise. Is what I'm saying, maybe, right? They like, wouldn't want to do it unless their fans wanted it? No, they wouldn't want to do it unless they received some sort of compensation financially. Well, and I think that's okay. Okay. I think saying, like, you know, to make a product, I need money for it in order to justify doing it, I think that's fine. Okay. Like, like for example, like, you know, we do this podcast for free because it's fun. Yeah. Right. I edit it, you know, because I I enjoy making the podcast and it's fun. Mm-hmm. But like, if it got in the like, if it, this couldn't be like a job, because I would need to get money out of it. Right. Like, I if it got to I, like, a point I where the podcast get in the time. way of me trying to make a living. I guess where, where my mind is is like a lot of my favorite podcasts are kind of just friends hanging out talking. So like. Why should that, you know, like Idle Thumbs or Giant Bomb, it's like, well, those guys would be hanging out anyway, so you might as well put a microphone down. Like, you know, it's not a job, really. Whereas, but, like, they also have professional setups, so they go into, like, a specific sound room to record these things. Yeah. So while they are just hanging out, they have to take time out of their day to do it when they could be doing other things to earn capital. Right, and, right. And, like, so keep it, in mind with Giant Bomb, like... Part of the reason I am a subscriber is I just want to fund them continuing to make the products that I enjoy. Yeah. Like, I I guess, yeah. Like, I'm not... I'm just kind of trying to investigate, like, what the mentality is behind people that are really outraged about this. I guess I'm kind of with John in that, in this specific case, I kind of don't care that much because I wasn't going to listen to this anyway. You know? (laughs) Probably. Like, there's a lot of other podcasts out there I'm already invested in so this isn't my thing but if it was like the bomb cast went off the air for like five years and then they're like hey guys we're getting the band back together but only if you can help us out i would totally fund that like in a minute you know because that's the bomb kind of like what this is exactly the only difference is these guys have money so they don't need your help right 
but they they like you know I don't know how successful those guys individually are like I mean they obviously are running some very successful like the web comic and also the conventions and stuff but they also seem to be committing a lot of their time to doing stuff and I don't know if that's actually as lucrative as you might think it is like it's just like well I paid seventy dollars to go to PAX so that's all in Jerry's pocket it's just like well there's a lot of staff there like I don't know and they gotta pay for the building they rent yeah like th- this is they might be actually giving a lot of their effort to the community already and we just don't know. So yeah. I'm pretty, well, I'm they pretty have sure that's what it play. is. Keep that in mind, right? Yeah, they're, they're way into charities and stuff too. Like this, Yeah, like the a notion that this is some sort of crass commercial thing doesn't seem necessarily fair. It's just, it is a, it's a bit of a weird Kickstarter, yeah. I mean, can can I roll this right into a, another weird crowdfunding story that I wrote down? Yeah. Like, I, I mean... Have a, I didn't have any more points to make. Well, this we can kind of keep talking about similar stuff. Uh, Shadow of the Eternals was announced. This is the new Eternal Darkness spiritual successor from P- Precursor Games, which is made up of former uh, Silicon Knights people, which I guess means Silicon Knights is dead, because that was kind of in question. No, I thought that that was confirmed after that lawsuit, and they had to, like, yeah, I remember they kept, all those games like, got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, the... like, I mean, things were obviously not going super well, and they were in bad trouble, but I don't remember ever an announcement coming from Oh, sure, this, sure. Where it's just, like, officially sh- shut its doors or whatever. It just seems they kind of, like, left and went into this, you know, lateral direction. Uh, but anyway, they have started their own crowdfunding initiative, which is not through Kickstarter, because I guess Canada doesn't have the same, like opportunities with Kickstarter as United States stuff does? I didn't know that. I, I didn't say. know that too, but we have like Indiegogo and stuff like that. That's more international friendly, but for some reason they decided to kind of go with their own site that's set up in a very, very similar Kickstarter way. Um, and yeah, the, their whole goal with this is to make some sort of sequel of sorts to that beloved GameCube game. Um, it's currently supposed to come to the PC and the Wii U, which is kind of odd, but I'm all for it as a Wii U owner. Um, it uses Crytek and all this. I, I watched the video and stuff before we started recording. Um, but yeah, this is another case of like you know people with fans and whatever trying to get support from people who are really dedicated. Like basically the whole Kickstarter model. But people are also really. This one's also sort of controversial because people are really upset about Dennis Dyack. Like there's a lot of negative talk going around about that guy and his yeah. management abilities. Like what? Well, for starters, Silicon Knights kind of being a run into the ground. Yeah, like them kind of looking at that as like, well, he just totally destroyed this company. Like, is he really, should we give him any money? money? Yeah, which seems maybe a little, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure where I really fall on whether Dennis Dyack is crazy or not. Because, like, I saw him at a panel like five years ago. He seemed just like an excited game developer guy. He was talking about Too Human then. I mean, that obviously didn't pay off. Too Human didn't do very well, and they didn't get the trilogy and the lawsuits and all that stuff. But, I don't know, he doesn't strike me as, like, an evil dude, though there was a story getting linked around of X-Men Destiny's development, and apparently a lot of team members were called, like basically saying he's a crazy dictator when he's in charge of this stuff. But I also just, maybe with that game specifically, he, you might have gotten the worst side of Dennis Dyack there is because he's doing a project he does not want to do because he has to for money and stuff. Well, like, well this is the know. whole point of crowdfunding. You know, vote with your dollar. Right. Like, but, do you trust this company with your money to bring something out? Right. And, and I think with all this stuff, if the product doesn't come out, there is some kind of, like, a 
like refund system in place. I don't know with theirs because they're doing a, their own thing. I don't know if there really is any sort of recourse for that. Like, I mean, if something comes out, that's technically well, you know, it's been met. Like the goal has been met. It's just not may not be up to your expectations, but who cares? Sure. But and I, but I don't think like with this one because it's going through them like their own. Uh, their own system, like yeah. something will come out. They will definitely well use that money. It's going that's a way to, to look them. at it. Other people early in this were looking at it as the exact opposite, being like, "Wait, this doesn't even have the guarantee of Kickstarter. Like, wouldn't it be like, well, we made four hundred eighty thousand out of one point five million. We're gonna keep that money though. Like that was an early criticism because like it's just their system. Like they can make the rules." But they've since, I guess, updated their terms of service to clarify that no, if we don't actually meet our goal, we will refund you just like they would. You know, like don't don't worry about that. Like their CEO was kind of covering some criticisms. Oh, okay. Also, the Dennis Dyack thing, he felt he needed to comment on that. He was just like, I'm kind of disappointed with how negative the conversation around this guy is because I've known him for many years and like we have a good working relationship. I don't know why that's the, that's the conversation. Like this is a really small team. I think it's like seven or eight people. So you could you could look at it as like, well, these guys voluntarily joined up with Dennis Ayak, so obviously they are okay with working with him. It's not like they're in a like employee employer situation really. They're they they seem to want to work together. So I don't know. I just watched the videos and stuff for it. Like, have John, you you've played Eternal Darkness, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, are you at all intrigued by a follow up or? Are you in a boat where you're kind of like, I don't trust Dennis Dyke enough? Like, I didn't like... I Well, I know that it's not going to be a direct sequel to the series, but I, I wouldn't mind, like, a spiritual successor of that kind of gameplay style where the game just tries to mess with you at every step. Yeah. But I don't know if Dyak is going to be the guy to do it, considering the only successful good game, really, that came out of Silicon Knights that comes to mind right now was Eternal Darkness. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I know like, they well, did, like... So, but what you're saying, though, is if they were to make a second game, like a sequel, this is the one you would want. Well, like, they're returning to the thing that they're good at. You could... Yeah. Maybe but, I mean, like, it. I don't... It's been so many years since they did that, too. I don't know if they... if Like, game development's changed a lot since. And yeah. they've shown that with their other games that they can't keep up. They're, they, they're really... Like, their pitch video, anyway, was really trying to like, send the message of, like, no, we're trying to, like, adapt to new business models. Like, it's gonna be episodic. Uh, which... Initially, I was like, what? But then I was thinking about, it, like, the way that first game segmented kind of makes sense. Yeah, like, no, episodic makes a lot of sense for Eternal Darkness. Because, like, you're you're transferring to different characters over time. Like, you have, a sim- like, the same central set piece that you can just kind of redress to put it in a different era and stuff. Like, it's actually kind of perfect for that that notion, which is, it's like, okay. Like, their, their pitch right now is 12 episodes. Um, They're using Crytek. They're... That's a long episodic series. Yeah. Um I guess the speculation is like even if they hit their 1.5 million goal, like right now they're at maybe 10% of that. Uh it's been this this started on the 6th, so 3 days ago. Um that's not going to cover like a huge scope game, so maybe they're kind of hoping to just kind of be like, "Hey, here's the first episode. Hopefully this will get some interest and get more money coming in, and then they'll be able to actually fulfill the other ones." Um, their, their goals and stuff, like, their rewards seemed more kind of, hey, here's some art books, here's some exclusive in-game items and stuff like that. Um, like, you know, exclusive message boards and whatever for backers and things, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm debating, because I did really like Eternal Darkness, but I'm kind of in a situation where I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I need that or not, like, it's definitely of some interest, you know, like, 
it could fit, in theory, a episodic model really well, and Crytek and all that, and Wii U, like, hey, a new Wii U game, that'd be cool, but, yeah, I don't know, it's it's kind of, yeah, I, I don't even know if I, I, I don't know if it's the Dennis Dyack thing either, because, like, I don't have much reason to distrust him, because I didn't really get too invested in Too Human and stuff anyway, so I'm not like, where's that sequel? But, yeah. crowdfunding, it's the way of the future? The present? Problematic? I don't know. Sorry. It's weird. It's weird. Um, if you, if well, it's you're good for like this case specifically, because you know a publisher probably would not see this through. Yeah, it's like we want to make a pseudo fans to eleven year old game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if people don't know about it, I guess go check it out. Uh, ShadowTheEternals.com. If you're a big Eternal Darkness fan, maybe take a look at what they're showing. It, it's sort of interesting. Like the the video stuff they show off does does look pretty sweet. So that would be cool to see. But I don't know. Anyway, um, and hey, just a PSA, I guess. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is on PlayStation Plus, so if you are a that's great, and you want to own that, I feel kind of bummed out. I bought it now because I was not enjoying that game, and I could have just waited a little bit and found that out for free. But oh well. Have you played it or? I haven't. I I, I was thinking, you know, I probably don't even, don't even need to download it because I have so many people like friends who own it. Yeah. That I could like just get it on like 360 if mm-hmm. I wanted. But I just think that's a that's a good get. I guess yeah. People people did really like that game from last year, so it's like what less than a year old, seven months, eight months, something like that. Something like that. I, I know the demo was at E3. I think right. it came out in the summer. So like August or something. I don't, it, I don't remember. I feel like it's an August game. Okay. Um. So there you go. On to questions. We have a lot this week. Um. Top Down Perspective at gmail.com, TDP Podcast on Twitter, or uh, Top Down Perspective on Facebook. Uh, this first one's from Tamara. Hello again. I have more weird questions. I hope you like these too. Are you okay? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, what? Was it? August was right. Okay. Um, are you okay with playing a virtual console release of a game, or would you prefer to play the original game on its original system if you can? That's a good question. I guess, yeah. Hmm. John, I'm okay you... playing Virtual Console just because it's easier. Yeah, no, Virtual Console's convenient. That's kind of why I was playing Majora's Mask there, even though I own the cart and everything. Like, it's just like, ah, you know. Like, if I if I was going to go on the original system, it would have to be, like, this kind of, like, event where it's like, all right, I got this huge lineup of games I'm going to go through. It's going to be a long session. It wouldn't be just like, I wonder what Mario's like. Okay, there was 20 minutes of playing after, like, an hour of finding and hooking that thing up. Right, like I've been, or I'm like playing Link's Awakening with a GameCube controller on my Game Boy Player. You know, like I'm okay with bending. So just whatever's easiest, whatever's most convenient, and also preferably whatever can get it on my TV. Kind of like so, especially with portable games and stuff. Like that would be a better way to experience it for me. Just because I don't, yeah, I don't want to be looking at a little Game Boy thing. Um, or yeah, like or also I guess yeah, TV stuff. Like I'd have to bring out the CRT for some of those old ones because my my TV does not enjoy old systems. It just doesn't work very well with them. John, you play a lot of old games. What, what yeah. do you do? Uh, I usually play the cart, but I do have a bunch of games on Virtual Console as well. Mm-hmm. It's more so a matter of convenience, really. Yeah, like if you have the means to play the original cart, I'll usually go for the original cart. But some games are long and you and they don't have a save feature, so like Virtual Console's quick saves are good. Yeah. And their uh, Virtual Console games are definitely cheaper than the real thing. 
weirdly, that is usually the case. Like, people are like, old SNES games shouldn't be this expensive, but they are more than $10 or whatever. Like, or $8. Yeah, I mean, like, so. look at Earthbound. That's a couple hundred dollars, and that's coming out on uh, Virtual Console soon for, like, 10 bucks. Yeah. Like, that. that is where I will play that game, finally. I've heard it has a really slow start, so... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But, yeah, I guess, uh... I, I, maybe the controller quirks some people might have issues with, you know? Like, I want my D-pad, I want my SNES pad or whatever for some of these, but I don't know. That doesn't typically seem to bother me. I Although, I, that said, I haven't played much Super Mario World on any other platform than the original Super Nintendo. I don't know if it would handle just fine. I haven't really looked into that. Um, okay, how many game san- soundtracks do you have on your music player, and which soundtrack is your favorite? Hmm trying to think. I know I have at least two. Oh, like, are we talking like full soundtracks, or if I have at least one song from a game, it counts? Uh, we'll count the latter one, I guess. Just, okay. Just to... I'm two... Probably only got three on my computer, but maybe two dozen on my iPod. Okay. I have quite a few on my computer. I can't really... Maybe a dozen or something. I don't, I'm not sure. I only have Hotline Miami with me at all times. Fine. It's the only one that I keep with me. It's important. Shatter was a long-standing one, but I've listened to those quite a bit. I don't actually have the Shatter soundtrack. It's really good. I, I it periodically shows up in humble bundles and stuff too. So I have the uh, Bionic Commando rearmed one. That's probably one of my favorites right now. Yeah, I did have that one for a while. Uh, Simon Vickland. Mm-hmm. Streets of Rage remakes also good. Mm-hmm. Looks uh, like I have about nine. Like individual tracks or No, you... this would have just been like games. Okay. I'm double checking. Yeah. Shatter, it's... Scott Pilgrim. Some Mass Effect in there. Portal. Is there a new Anime Geechee album or no? It's coming out, I believe. Oh, okay. Because I, I was seeing a uh, Infinity Shred was talking about being on their tour, so I was like, oh, they're touring it, and there's like a new poster and stuff, so that seemed like there might be a new album coming out. But, okay. Um, so, for me, just one. Um, why do you have less on your computer than your iPod, John? Uh, because that iPod's got from three different computers on it. Whoa, okay. Um, what's more important? What's more important? Gameplay? Storyline? Graphics? Oh, or, or graphics and music. For some reason, those are bundled together. So, gameplay, storyline, or graphics and, like, style, aesthetic, visuals, audioscape. I'm going to say, like, generalizing. Yeah. Because you can clearly, you can have games that focus on one of those, and that's kind of their thing. Yeah. But if I had to, like, generalize gameplay. Yeah, same here. It's a game, right? (laughs) Yeah, if I had to generalize. That's the only one that is game-specific. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with that as well. So, there you go. That is the official top-down perspective answer on that question. Um, top-down perspective likes gameplay when it comes to video games. Weird, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Nathan, to answer your question from earlier, uh, the new Anamana Gucci album comes out on the 14th. Of June? Of May, as in like five days from now. Whoa! Alright, okay. so I'll just go buy a Japanese version of it. There you go. So you can fly back listening to that. Not really. It'd be like a, a CD, and I don't have a CD player. Okay. <laughs> Um, next question is from Joey. Hey, TDP, what are your guys' favorite sandbox games, 
My favorites are Vice City and Just Cause 2. Those are both pretty good. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I feel like almost like so many games are just sandbox games now. There's a lot um, of sandbox games. Does Burnout Paradise count? Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, that, that and does Crackdown count? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Crackdown 2. That's a very sandboxy sandbox. I probably around. give I probably give Vice City's uh, credit to mine too because that's one of the last GTAs I enjoyed. Yeah, Vice City was really good. Um, I'm trying to think, like I Red Dead Redemption, I really liked, but not necessarily for its sandboxiness, maybe. But I did enjoy that too. I mean, if you want to go like, hey, uh, Skyrim, if you've heard of Skyrim, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a sandbox. A little bit. Um, just cause two though, that is a that is a solid choice. I definitely flew around in that game for like fifty hours just just because I wanted to. Airplanes, airplanes are really awesome. So I guess yeah, those those are some those are some favorites. I don't I don't think I have one definitive, absolute, but yeah. That new Metal Gear is apparently a sandbox game. Weird. That could be cool. I find that really strange. Yeah, stealth jeeps. Assassin's Creed. Those are also so if you wanna. What do you think? Which is the best Assassin's Creed, though, Sean? Brotherhood. All right, let's move on. Um, this is from Allison. Hey guys, I heard you discussing old cartoons last week and referenced Peanuts. Who's your favorite Peanuts character? Uh, mine, Snoopy. I like Charlie Brown a lot. He's he's. My I favorite. like Charlie Brown a lot. I like Snoopy. Snoopy's pretty great too. I kind of don't like how he's on everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. he kind of became the poster child for all that stuff. That and Woodstock close second. Yeah. But I just, I like Charlie Brown quite a bit. Yeah, Charlie Brown moping around is some good stuff. I just like a lot of the supporting cast, too, though. Like, Marcy and Peppermint Patty are a good duo. Yeah, They're Schro- pretty good. I, I like I like Schroeder, because I like music. Yeah. The Schroeder-Lucy His, Lucy his, his uh, relation with Lucy? Lucy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. is pretty good. Uh, Linus is, is a good second man. Linus is pretty great. This weird, like, I don't know, five-year-old philosopher walking around. And his, and his relation with, uh, Sally. Sally. Yeah. Sweet Babu. Great cartoons. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Charlie Brown, though. Uh, okay, it's, it's, okay, it's time for the end of the school year trip for me. We're going to New York, but I'm not good with long rides. A bus, I guess? Uh, you have any tips? So, okay, is this what you were saying, like, traveling games? Yeah. Okay. What what are your go to? Okay, yeah. So games? I just side note, I'm going to Japan in a few days, so I'm not going to be here for a few weeks. And okay. side note for me, I am leaving in twelve hours <laughs> to go to the states to do some recordings for Runaway Guys. So wait, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be here next week. Oh man, so this is going to be a solo cast. You can either solo cast or we'll have to skip next week. You man. should solo cast. We haven't skipped a week in so long. We could solo cast, or I could, like, gin up some weird guest stars. It's just like, hey. I think you should, because we haven't missed a week in such a long time. Okay. Okay. But the following week, John, you'll be back, right? Yep. I, I leave the 10th, come back the 20th. Okay. So I don't come back till the 25th. Okay. So... Well, I, it would also be a great week to have some time off, because I'll be moving, but I'll see what I can do. We'll... You could do a short one. We could, I could do a short one. And I have done a monologue episode once, but it never saw the light of day. <laughs> you should totally, yeah, I, I forgot should, about that. Yeah, I'm all for it. Okay. Um. But anyway, anyway so travel trips games. for or tips for long rides, and we can just easily talk about this. John, what do you have planned for your trip? Uh, for like the actual, like moving part of it. Uh, sleeping. 
because I have to board the plane at 6 o'clock, but I have to be at the airport by 4. Mm, okay. All right. But, so on the uh, other end, I have to be at the airport for 11 for my 1 o'clock flight. Yeah, no, I'd much rather do that. How long no, are these No, I flights? want yours. What? You like red-eye flights? I hate red-eye flights. In the morning is the best because, yeah, you just go to sleep, whereas if you have it later in the day, you wake up and you're just kind of waiting. I guess. But, like, I have, I have a three-hour flight, then a layover for an hour and a half, then another three-hour flight. I have just like a one nine-hour flight. Yeah, no, you. Yeah, yours is probably worse because at least I can stretch and walk around. And when I arrive, it's going to be like five in the afternoon, <laughs> but it'll feel like nine o'clock for me. Huh. Wow, Th- these are some long flights. I've I've not traveled outside of the continent ever. Oh so. no, I've done way longer than this. Cool. Okay. So okay, what am I bringing? I'm I got some comic books loaded up on my phone. I got okay. some books on my phone. Mm-hmm. Rocking the Kindle. Um. And my 3DS. And that's actually the only two devices I'm bringing. I'm going to start 999. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm bringing my 3DS. Probably my Vita, actually, because I need to start practicing some games on that. Isn't... There's, like, a good slate of indie games out, right? Like, isn't Loop Browsers out right now? Uh, I don't think so. I know okay. that Retro City Rampage is on sale on Vita, and I'm probably going to grab that. It's on go. PlayStation Plus, so I already had that. Boom. PlayStation Plus. Anyway, I was okay. thinking of bringing my Vita because there's a ton of plus games I could go through, but I was like, I don't want to bring it. Isn't that the home of the Wake Up Club too? Like you just yeah. right Wake in Up there. Club is terrible. <laughs> so dumb. I still use it every now and then. Well, there you go. Yeah. And I'm gonna continue playing some Golden Sun. Okay. I will probably try to finish Luigi's Mansion on this trip. Mm-hmm. Did you end up getting those uh video game ebooks at all? No, I didn't. I totally blanked on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read through some of those books on my trip. I think I'm going to bring my uh, copy of America again, become, Rebecoming the Greatness We Never Weren't, the second Stephen Colbert book. Okay, that, and this is I'm like a ca- physical book, like you're going to lug around a giant paperback. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you trying to start it. the paper versus ebook fight? Because I like paper. Hey, ebook already won. It's too late. No, but uh, I, I've been thinking about this because, like, last night I was trying to read a paper physical book, and I realized once you get into a comfy position, you want to just kind of look at the right side of the book, like the page. And if you had an e-reader, it's just one page. Right. So and it also catches that. on it's, fire a lot less easily. It does... What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, paper, yeah. But I, I, underline and stuff is kind of my one holdout. You can underline on a Kindle. But, like, does it just save in some weird folder you'll never look at? or like, it, it shows up on the page, especially if you have a touch one. Okay. I don't know. I need to you can take notes better. Okay. You can take notes, too? Yeah. Okay. See, they seem to have thought this through. They didn't just yeah. half-ass this whole thing. So, anyway. Well, they've had a couple years to work it out. That's true. They didn't just take a book and strap glass on front of it and say, <laughs> oh, okay. here's your ebook, nerd. Okay. Interesting. Though you could do that, too, and pretend. Maybe I need to make the jump at some point. I've been definitely getting more into reading, and maybe I need to... Well, just download that Kindle app. I also have been getting rid of hundreds of pounds of books because I'm moving. Right, so. whereas John's collecting those hundreds of pounds of books and going on planes dude, with them. Dude, I barely buy books. Okay. Don't don't even act. Like, if, if there's hundreds of pounds of something I'm buying, it's video games, and you know that. Yeah, there's been yeah, all that physical media, too. like some kind of schmuck. Yeah, man, physical media is really messing up my moving time. But, okay, moving, okay, yeah, just wait. think, all those books you're bringing yeah. are just one Kindle. Or one Kindle, yeah. I don't even need the shelves then. I need, I can get rid of those shelves. Exactly. All that more space in your room, you could have two connects. Oh wow, 
That would be oh, okay. Anyway, okay. So wait, you're bringing the Stephen Colbert book. Was there a game you called out, Luigi's Mansion? Let's yeah, Luigi's Mansion. I'll probably try to finish Fire Emblem, and maybe knock out a short game or two, either Mist or that Epic Mickey 3DS game. Okay. Th- I think those are the shortest games I have for my 3DS. Okay. Podcast. I'm loading up on podcasts to listen to. I kind of do that at work every day, so I don't know. But I guess I just like for me, I have never done a flight that long. I really enjoy just listening to music and looking out the window. But I also well, you can't look out the window that much because it's just clouds. At some point, the there are clouds. Yeah, for the um, majority of this trip, like yeah. if it's like a road trip, different story. But uh, I've also I downloaded a video player and then downloaded some YouTube videos, so I got I'm like set. Okay, I'm just gonna upload or take a bunch of albums and listen to them on the flight. Yeah, it's a good music opportunity. But okay, um, and I guess have fun in New York City. I've never been there, so New York's cool. I'm told who's it's... going to New York. Uh, the... uh Allison. Oh, that's the yeah the. I, I missed that part of the email. Oh yeah, there it is, right there. The framing part of the why we're even talking about this. Um, I, okay. I didn't. I didn't even realize she said New York. I thought she didn't even say where she was going. Right. I, sorry. I, I am awake. Okay. I swear. Uh, next question on the, in the list. Even if EA does expensive DLC for Star Wars games now that they have them, will you still buy the games and the DLC? I guess day one DLC, all the shady things EA does. Are you interested in potentially? EA made by like Star Wars games, I guess. Like if we kind of discussed that, I don't think any of us seem to care. Like if they come out with a cool Star Wars game, I'll probably play they're, it. They're they're gonna do Battlefront three. They'd be dumb not to, because right. especially considering it's pretty much just Battlefield. Or would they make would they brand it as Battlefront three, or would they just be like it's basically a Star Wars Battlefield game, but give it some other name or something, just to distance it from the hardcore. I don't know. Not that that matters. Whatever. There will be some manner of multiplayer action game featuring Star Wars licensed stuff. That, that'll happen. Um, the notion of Visceral doing 1313 actually struck me as a good idea, if that happens. Like, or some manner of 1313 style game, which I, I don't know what that means. I just mean behind the back third person action. Like, if they do their Dead Space thing but with a Star Wars license on it, I might be okay with that. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good fit. Yeah, hypothetically, if a good Star Wars game came out, I wouldn't really care which publisher's name was on the box. I would just be kind of like, oh, sweet. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Um, Have you ever had a teacher that assigned you a project to do, and you worked your ass off on it, and then was told it was wrong? Yep. The project was wrong? Like, the the solution I came to was incorrect, or, like, the way I did it. Uh, Programming projects were like, okay, show off a graphical array, or, like, show off the specific pattern, and then... Oh, I wanted you to use recursive loops instead of what you came up with, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's... Stuff like that. I, I'm I'm mumbling because I don't even remember the full details of it, right, but I know yeah, it's happened know at least once or is. twice. Mm-hmm. Back uh, when I was doing computer graphics. Um, I remember back in high school, way back, I had to do a book report. Yeah. And I actually finished pretty early because I was like, I'll just do this real quick. Yeah. So, you know, I finished it. And the teacher, she likes to do those things where she would, like, trade off your book report and you'll edit someone else's and then, you know, keep working on the next copy of it. But no one else had done, so she's like, you know, okay, I'll edit it for you. And I was like, oh, this is perfect, because if she edits it for me, then I'll know exactly what she wants. Mm-hmm. So she edited it. So I did a Reese thing. I was still ahead of the class, so she's like, why don't we get the student teacher to edit it? So the student teacher edited it. I was ahead of the thing. I got the teacher to edit it again. Yeah. So it's gone through three edits, two from the teacher. So she should have been marking it the way she wants. I get like a 70. Okay. I was like, how could this be that far off when you told me exactly 
what needs to change. You're just like, I was polishing this and refining it at some point, and somehow this still doesn't come up to stuff. Yeah, that seems hypocritical in some weird way. But, huh. I don't know if like that's ever happened. There's definitely been projects where I've like really poured a lot of time and effort in it, but then... Like, specifically, there was, like, a sort of pseudo-art project for an English class where we were supposed to kind of take a bunch of quotes from, like, a bunch of different authors and kind of present them in some interesting way. So I made this weird, like, timeline with silhouette businessmen and then tried to write the quotes on their briefcase in, like, pixels. Um, and it took forever, but the final result, I just... I, my printer wasn't good enough to get really sweet resolution on the printouts, so they weren't that readable. But I kind of copped to that while presenting it. But then it was still like, yeah, no, it was really great, a lot of enthusiasm, but, I mean, you couldn't read them as well as I'd like, so, like, I don't know. I think I did well, I got like a 90, but I was like, dude, dude, I put so much time. You don't know. 90's pretty good, I don't know why you're complaining. I know, Yeah. but this was like my class, this is like my English, you know, like, it's the one thing. Oh, this should have been your thing? Like, this is the thing I know and I right. somehow okay. didn't quite make it or something. Or, or, like, I did a presentation on a bunch of Beatles songs, too, but I was really nervous because it was uh, in class presentation, so I was kind of stalling for time, and then the only thing I got docked for was stalling for time. <laughs> like, it was, like, really good. I'm going to give you... I'm going to dock you two points, though, because, like, why did you take so long getting up there? And I was just like, oh, I was really nervous, so thanks, but whatever. I like, that's weird. I've never... I've never seen that happen. Yeah, I guess I was delaying the class because I, I guess I mean I can... if if they only give you a specific amount of time to do your presentation, then yes, they will do that. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm picturing you like almost like sitcom style. Okay, Nathan, you get called, and then you're like, "All right, I'm getting out of my chair in slow motion. <laughs> I'm moving oh, no, up. I tripped. Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna oh, no, start papers everywhere. Yeah. I have to get a pencil. I'm going back to my desk." <laughs> yeah, just making busy work and wasting time. I, I don't think it was that flagrant, but again, I was just, you know, butterflies in my stomach and all that, so I didn't really notice. But I guess it was apparent. Anyway, um, flat out, just completely wrong-headed project. I don't know if that's quite happened, but that's kind of because my field is pretty relative. Like, if you can talk a good talk, you can get yourself a decent grade in an English class. So, sure. yeah. Um, what's the hype about Animal Crossing New Leaf? I played Animal Crossing before, but I thought it was boring after a while. I guess if you define a while, like, that happens to everyone, but... Yeah, that's the thing, is Animal Crossing is awesome for two weeks. Don't get me wrong, after those two weeks, that game's pretty much dead to me. Yeah. I I, I stretched it to maybe a month. The sure. first time ever, like the GameCube one, I'm gonna say like maybe six months. Like it was, it was really excited about. I don't that think game. I had it that long, but it was definitely a few months. It was also like a summer when I got it because I didn't get it when it first came out. Yeah. So me and my buddy like both got it, and it was just all right. I'll come to your house. I'll bring my memory card, and then I'll be in your town. Right. Maybe the renewed is partially. Or sorry, John. Do you have any Animal Crossing anecdotes? I've never played Animal Crossing before. Okay. Are you <laughs> the closest thing to Animal? The closest thing to Animal Crossing I've ever played was Harvest Moon. Uh, okay, that's, are you get that's, are you getting a, this 3ds one? Probably not. Okay, I was gonna ask then. Like, what? are you interested in this for primarily the social stuff? I think is why maybe people are renewed in this because the 3ds. The one thing people keep talking about is the street passing. So there could conceivably be some cool community features centered around an Animal Crossing game. Sure, but, and the online was pretty good for the Wii one. So I'm looking for more great online. Yeah, like actual. Yeah, like dude, I got the sweet new stereo from my buddy. 
or like whatever. I'm I'm working on completing this set. Like four so people I, come to the town at once, and you can like text chat or what's that voice thing they have? Um, we speak. We speak to everyone. Right. Man, I'd love a major console one. Like, if there's a Wii U one, I'd be way into that. But at the same time, I guess the 3DS makes more sense because you can play it for like an, an 20 minutes or something. That well, the DS one was my favorite one because it was with you. Yeah, I did play that one quite a bit, but it was definitely diminishing returns each time out. Like, Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Like, even I revisited it, like, some months ago, because that was my Animal Crossing, you know? Like, that was the one I got psyched about. And I actually found some old e-reader cards, so I might go back. (laughs) Nice. But, um, anyway. Uh, I guess the hype is just, I don't know, it's like a pleasant, charming, easy-going little village you can hang out in. Um, and I guess the, the social stuff is probably why it's, it's... Of interest again. I, yeah. If you're not into into Animal Crossing at all, though, like it'll not be substantially different, presumably. So it might just not be for you. I don't know. What's what hasn't intrigued you about the the series thus far, John? I don't know. It's just uh, it well the problem when I heard about Animal Crossing, got a chance to start playing. It was around the time I stopped playing Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. So I think just it's just a case of, of like yeah. T- time constraint kind of thing and not having like the proper social aspects to enjoy. It's also really similar. Yeah. Right, so like transitioning into something similar enough to where yeah, I can see that. Okay. Well, that that comes out the week before E3, I think, so that's yep. kind of cool. Does anyone know when Mario Golf comes out? Nope. No. I'm maybe the Nintendo Direct will get into that. Have they announced like that's happening relatively? Yeah, no, it was supposed to be before uh I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be before that. I don't think they announced the Nintendo Direct. Hmm. Well, it wasn't. It was announced at a Nintendo Direct, but I thought they gave it a date. I don't. I don't. I think it was just summer. So I don't. Um. Okay. Uh, thanks for the questions, Allison. Uh, this next one is from Junkie GS. Any video games you guys suggest somebody should play, new or old, over the summer? Uh, since no games come out over the summer, I don't know if that's 100 percent true. That nothing comes out of the summer, but I guess it's a little drier. Yeah, like but... I'm always excited for like summer of arcade. Yeah, there's there's usually some stuff, but I guess if you want like a good game to settle into for the summertime, I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking? I'm trying to think like what what's my current. I think I'm planning on going back to Far Cry Three. Okay. This summer, as well as finish up some Borderlands Two. Actually, quick thing. This last week, I went back to Dark uh, Dark Siders Two. Mm-hmm. My save file corrupted. Ooh. I was about nine hours into that game, so I'm never finishing Dark Siders 2. How did that happen? Like, I have no was idea. it in the cloud or something? Or... No. Weird. Okay. This happened to me with Fez as well. Well, Fez I know had a bunch of glitches. Yeah, Fez I heard about the issues, but I'd never heard there was a Dark Luckily with Fez I had like done everything I was going to do in that game. But mm. yeah, Dark Siders 2, just I'm that's the end of that. Okay. I think with like plus they have a backup of mine. Because I was playing on PlayStation, so sure. Yep, yep. That happened for me for the cave. So yeah, I don't know. Just play backlog. Great time for backlog, I guess. Yeah, I guess it, that's kind of relative to you. Like for me right now, obviously I'm playing some Link's Awakening. Um, I'm kind of still on this weird Zelda mission. Like people, I'm. I think I'm gonna play Twilight Princess sometime this year. It's gonna happen. Cool. Um, so if you want to go on that, that Zelda might not journey. be the best right after Skyward Sword, but good luck. Why too similar or what? Or like similar in some aspects, but then just like Skyward Sword gets oh, so many of them better. You're saying the precision of the the movement. Well, yeah, stuff. like all the sword stuff, just so much better with the. Like you're probably playing the GameCube. I'm assuming. I I have both, so I could really 
make my choice on that. Right. But... but then it's just like Skyward Sword just looks a lot nicer. Yeah. Skyward Sword was a really impressive game, so it, it does kind of seem like a bad way to go. But people talk about it like, hey man, that was actually a dark, interesting story to tell in that I like I like Skyward uh Twilight Princess. So I'm kinda curious about what they're what they're on about. But I guess if you're like saying like a big game that could last the whole summer, people seem to really like that Monster Hunter. They're really up Yeah, on. that would probably take you the entire time. <laughs> so if you if you only have like sixty dollars and you want to spend it one time, if you can get into that, it'll probably last I'm for not a going to give advice on getting into Monster Hunter. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but... Or, hey, if you have zero dollars, people are going insane over the Dota 2. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Great advice from Nathan. This yeah, the, I have, the Dota I have not figured out how that works or anything, so I, I uninstalled it, but... Well, how many hours do you put into it? Uh... 28 minutes or something, so I See, that's... That's, you know, that's not 100. I know, I didn't even try, really, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. But after hearing some scary stories from the Bombcast, I don't think right. I should play yeah. it. Right, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next one's from Brooke. Uh, what are your guys' favorite boss from the Metal Gear series? I think, I think I've just said the end before. But, yeah, I was debating saying that, too. I always really make like the that joke one. that ladder in Metal Gear Solid 3. Yeah, that no, was that was what we boss. said last time, both you and I, Sean, because we were right. talking about the ladder. And like, I genuinely find that to just be, like, for one, always funny. Yeah. And two, that ladder is so long. It kind of is like the most unique thing that happens in that game. Because all the other ones are you fighting in some capacity or sneaking around. And then it's just like, no, do you remember that part where it's like a music video and you're just climbing this ladder for like several minutes? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no. Of course. But I'm if I'm that. being completely serious. Yeah. Is the end the one in the river? Uh, the end. No, that's the sorrow. I like the sorrow because that's just super weird. But if you have the end, is he the fire guy? No, the end is the, the sniper. One. The end is the sniper. Oh, that one's weird too. Man, Metal Gear Solid Three, right? Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Three has some of my favorites. Yeah, Fury is okay too, but I, I don't like how that fight actually plays out. I just more like the. Can idea I say that second mission boss from Metal Gear Rising? Sure. I mean, it's a new the octopus entry. lady. Okay, I'll allow it. It's the spinoff, but that's fine. It just says Metal Gear series. It does. It does. You're right, it does not specify solid, so there you go. So there's a few for me. Uh, going back to the ladder for a second, have you guys ever seen any of the remixes of that, like using other games? No. Someone linked me uh, a week or two ago to uh, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, the that little RPG on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. There's a point where you have to climb up a pipe like with Mario & Luigi back-to-back. Okay. And they edited the video so that it took the entire length of the Snake Eater song. So just like, <laughs> comes up? Yeah, That's exactly. So it, was, it was just so funny. That is That does sound really good. Which which Mario & Luigi game is that? I believe it was Superstar Saga. Oh, weird. That's okay. the Game Boy Advance one, yeah. Yeah. That's the one I have, I have played. I've, I beat that, but I haven't played it in a long time. But... But, but the actual pipe section is like super short, but they edited so it just it kept looping sure. constantly. Nice. Okay. Uh, as for boss fight for me, I, I've always enjoyed the Fat Man fight for some reason. I don't know why in Metal Gear Solid 2. It's okay. That's not bad. Is he the guy on, like, roller skates? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I don't know why that one always stood out to me. There's kind from, of a in Metal Gear Solid 2. build up to finally facing that dude, because you have to, like, freeze all the bombs and all this, and, like, it yeah. takes up a good chunk of that game, and then it's like, finally, I can fight this guy. Let's, let's go. Rumble. But, like, I, I would probably, I would either go with, like, the end or the sorrow. 
I'm gonna say the boss as well. Like, just... no, I hated that boss fight to be honest. Okay, I just like because it's got aging. a time limit. I hated the fact that it had a time limit. Okay, fair enough. I once I figured out CQC, like my first time ever playing on PS2, I was just horrible at it, and I was, and then playing it again on the 360 like HD one, I was just like, no, this is easy and awesome. So I I quite like that fight, but more for its kind of, I guess, the story and stuff around it than necessarily the actual mechanics of it. For actual mechanical stuff, the end. That was the most interesting one. Um, okay, this next one's from Michael. Have you guys ever played Minecraft? And if so, what do you think about it? I've never delved into it as hard as people Nathan's do. I think the only one who's played it here. I played it. Okay. okay. I have not played it. How do you, how do you feel about it, John? Did you uh, get I don't like the sandbox mode that much. It's not my thing, but I feel like the adventure mode might be more interesting. I've never played that. I feel like the majority of people of are the opposite. They love sandboxing it up. They, don't they love like just building. The game. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like, in the adventure mode, you can still build stuff. In I like, like that you have, you have like manager resources and everything. Every Kotaku has an article about some other pop culture castle being made in Minecraft. <laughs> so, I'm enjoying it from outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weird kind of, I guess, fan art sort of things that get made up in there. Hey, look, we made Game of Thrones in Minecraft. Well, I'm... That's great. Yeah. Keep it up. Well done. I, as, yeah, I haven't played it in quite a while. I just... I couldn't get over that all the crafting stuff was not really in any way explained in the game. Like, it was just like, oh, you have a wiki open, right? It's just like, what? No! I'm gonna close this. <laughs> this is a waste of my time. I don't know. Like, I got pretty upset with it really quickly. I've, I've maybe put in an hour or two. So yeah. I don't know why that reaction was so funny to me. I I'm pretty indignant about Minecraft, but people love it. So I I'm more interested in it as this weird phenomenon. Like I don't actually know why it caught on quite the way it did, but it's interesting. Uh, last question is from Connor. New generation is closing in on us. So besides PC, who won the last generation? Generation. Bonus question: Who was your favorite developer during last gen? I was trying to think is, through this. Isn't I don't... financially like it's, it's financially the Wii. it's the Wii. You're right. Yeah, but in terms of that. me personally, I and people just who I talk to, it seems to be 360. 360 definitely yeah, had me definitely. for like the majority of its run. I was most up on that, and that's like testament to how many bags of 360 games I have versus like PlayStation or whatever. Like P- PS3 took too long to get out of its issues. Yeah, now that like, it kind of sort of has, even though it still has tons of system updates. If they can keep the same momentum they have going with PS3 right now for PS4, it's Sony's generation to win. Yeah, like they'll be going in strong next time around. But yeah, I, I mean, I kind of almost have to give it to 360, but they've started to get really snotty about it in the last like year. It'll be real interesting when the next consoles come out. Yeah, I mean, two weeks from now, we'll finally see that thing, right? So, or 12 days. As of this recording? 21st. Yeah. It'll be part of your guys' episode with me not being here. Right? Ooh. Right. We can t- talk about the Microsoft event. But, um... I guess, favorite yeah. developer? Favorite developer? Um... Platinum Games. Okay. That's pretty... Like, post... Like, since Bayonetta, really, is the big swing, right? Or... Bayonetta, Vanquish, um... Rise Metal Gear Rising. Um... Wonderful 101 looks cool, but who knows? Well, what I played of it, I liked, so... Yeah. I'm trying to think what else... Okay, Platinum. Um, I think Ubisoft 
did just a lot of games I was really into. Probably like Ubisoft Montreal, yeah. They, they seem yeah. to have a good like yeah. Criterion. You know, they they also made a lot of good ra- good racing games that I was quite into. But they kind of started with their best one. <laughs> That's true. Like this last yeah. generation. So then everything. Well, after no, that... no, they, no. They started with Revenge. Remember, like Revenge came out oh, first. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. But like it, they peaked like four years ago or whatever, and then you're just kind of like, well, it's pretty good, but the cars don't blow up as much as I'd like, so... Licensed cars. I'm trying to think who mine would be. Names that come to mind, like, I did really like the Mass Effect trilogy. So, you know, and if you're... Bioware? So, kind of? You really don't like Dragon Age. I don't like Dragon Age, Or anything else they've done. I might like that Sonic game. I haven't played it. I I don't know. (laughs) Um... I mean, From Software has been doing really interesting things, but I can't say that like firsthand, really, because I haven't played enough uh, Souls games. Level but... five. Hmm. Level, Level five. five. Okay. Just like, or like you know, Double Fine. I like the small stuff they did. Like once... right, I was trying to think of any smaller developers doing stuff. I was way into. Like once they went downloadable, I was more up on. What Twisted they were doing. Pixel was pretty fun. Twisted Pixel had a cool run of stuff. You know, yeah. Harmonix was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole music game meltdown thing that happened after all that, but they were kind of doing the most interesting stuff with that. And then, you know, they're trying to transition to others, like Dance Central or whatever. So. Alright, there's hmm. a whole bunch. Yeah, there, there's some. Rockstar, I'm going to say Rockstar as well, because Red Dead Redemption was great, and Max Payne was okay, and Grand Theft Auto was pretty good for a while, but then it got kind of silly. But it was a some some some. Uh, if you want to send questions like those or others, um, top down perspective Gmail, top down perspective on Facebook or TDP podcast. Once again, uh, games of the week. Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. Blood Dragons. Did you see any actual Blood Dragons during your time? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. The I tried, game told I tr- him to crouch and move slowly through them, and he ran around punching them. Yep. Oh, okay. And then I tried to run them over in a jeep. Did that work out? Or? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. So, Blood Dragon. Um, how about how about you, Sean? Uh, uh Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. I like the music in that game quite a bit because it is just like, isn't it death metal Christ? or something? I think it's a actual like licensed band or whatever. Yeah, no, it's a band that uh, whatever company that it, made it. And I'm knows. not saying I'm into death metal. I just thought it fit, and it was just like. The death metal would kick up, and then you're. It's like, oh, I guess I'm about to fight some demons. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna like, despite me getting kind of frustrated with it, like it was the most weird thing this week. I'm gonna say Candy Box, probably. See, like if I hadn't played Blood Dragon, Candy Box would have been my choice. Yeah, I mean, because like, it would have been the only other one. Well, I would have played something else. I mean, right, yeah. right. Like just the other ones, I kind of either haven't beaten them or I'm kind of stuck. So I'm gonna go with Candy Box for this week. I'm stuck in that too, but in a way that I feel was voluntary. Um. All right, that's the end for longest episode ever. Yeah, it was a pretty long one. Thanks for saying all those questions. A bunch of news and stuff happened too. But uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Uh, Sean, have a good trip. And John, have a good John, trip. have a good trip. I was, I was gonna say I'm not allowed to have a good. I'm trip. I'm going to Japan. I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh wow, yeah, that's amazing. You're, I feel like you're really gonna enjoy that trip. Yeah, you've got to take a lot of photos. Okay. Um, and I'm just gonna be here. So <laughs> great. Maybe there'll be something next week. Who knows? Mysteries. See you next time. Dun, dun, dun. See ya.